Hey, folks. Ooh. Take a deep breath, at least for me. Uticast, episode 100, triple digits. Uh, yeah, very excited. I uh, was going to come up with some big elaborate intro, but uh, I decided we would extend the episode and have a little bit of a... A double-time episode, so pretty long. We got some special guests joining us this week. Uh, one in particular, our interview this week, uh, Fourth Board Councilman Joe Marino returns for his second time on the podcast. We went 40 minutes, had a great conversation with Joe Marino. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the rest of the things we're talking about today. I just want to thank you all, all you folks out there in the Made in Utica universe, all the folks listening to us on iTunes and SoundCloud uh, and at Uticast.com. Uh, I just want to thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure bringing you 100 episodes of this show. Uh, We will continue going until I run out of things to say, and if these 100 episodes have taught me anything, it's, uh, that might take a good long time. Uh, Joe Marino, coming up, lots of special guests, Uticast, episode 100. We are here, as always, to tell you a story. sunglasses here yesterday and uh they haven't come back to pick them up and they are outrageous all right there's some good there's some bad radio to start episode 100 is kevin wearing funny sunglasses yeah i'm wearing can't real see. funny sunglasses yeah, so uh <laughs> episode 100 funny sunglasses we're out here <laughs> yeah. I can't stop staring at you. <laughs> uh folks we made it episode 100 i promised to not do more milestone episodes after 50 because we started to get a you little said outrageous. until 100 until 100 so we're here and like I'll probably talk about in four episodes, I'm torn because in reality, isn't episode 104 our two-year anniversary a bigger deal than this, or is it just the fact that 100 is the number? Right? 100 because it's episodic. Because yeah. if you pitch it as episodes, you're not mm-hmm. pitching it as dates, so the two-year doesn't mean anything. It's episodes. Yeah. Hmm. Episodes. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Well, we have a uh, a very exciting show for you. We have uh, some special guests coming to join us. We have all sorts of uh, interesting people. Joe Marino is back. He's joining us. Uh, for the second time, newest member of the Two Timers Club, uh, I have to say, I try not to be biased and unbiased on the show and all that kind of thing, but uh, this is a very, uh, this is a great interview. I had a great time talking to Joe. We went about 40 minutes, which makes it one of the longest interviews wow, we've ever done on guys. the show. Hey. Yeah, Get we, pretty serious. We got into a lot of stuff. Again, it's very off, it's a little bit off-brand for what I normally do in the interviews, but, you know, Joe's been a good friend of us on the show, and he's helped us out a lot, so I appreciated talking to him. Uh, good times. Good times with Joe Marino. Uh, so... In typical Uticast fashion, before we get to the news, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, today is our co-host, Heather's birthday. Happy birthday, Heather. It's true. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, salute. Here, cheers. Yes. Cheers. 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 Celebrate everything today. 100 episodes, your birthday, your 100th birthday. birthday. That's amazing. No, no. I look great for 100. Uh, do you want, can you talk about your age, or are you one of those people who doesn't talk about it? <laughs> She's I, like, oh, no, I no. I embrace my age. I'm 30, I just turned 36 today. 36? Yeah. So you're on the other side of, I've thought about 36, because yeah, 36, 36 is the... 
the first one where I'm like, oh. I, I never would have guessed until you told me. Thanks. You truly, other than like, you know, probably like your station in life, and it would seem weird to be so young. You could have sold me on 26. Thank yes. You. True. Quite easily. I like this. This is nice. Very youthful. <laughs> no, I love. I embrace birthdays. So. Yeah, man. Birthdays are cool. Awesome. I never understood the people like, oh, I don't want to talk about. Are my they hide their I'm day on? Old. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, I think that's a. I think that's a young person's game because yeah. I think. In my 20s, I was sort of scared of getting old. Now I've sort of embraced it. I've leaned pretty hard into it. But I do think that there is this... I think there is a period in your 20s or somewhere yeah. in your 20s, whether it's early or late, where you do sort of get that fear of For the future, when right? You, kind of when you I get did, at least. 36, I'm, I'm at that fear where, like, should I? am I acting too young still, or am I doing things that are too young? Can I, can I tell you what's fascinating about that to me? Is because, and you're probably laughing at this, when I look at you and... The way things are going, you have your wonderful husband and your beautiful child, and your business is going well, and Zach's doing well. I look at you, I'm like, damn, this girl's got it together, right? Like, I look at you, and I'm like, this girl's got it going. Like, I wish it's that, true. Especially it's when true. people see that. It's yeah, you right. You don't feel that when people think about you. You're like, oh, I do feel like there's, it's never gonna get together. And I think that's kind of the greater point, though. Like everyone, always, no matter what your lot is in life, whether you're doing great or, you know hitting the bricks, whatever it is, you know I mean? Like, everyone feels like maybe they should be doing better. I think or that paranoia something. exists yeah. in all folks. Well, thanks. <laughs> how are you feeling about life That's at 31? Right. <laughs> how do you? 31 is good. I got these great new sunglasses. <laughs> They're not coming off. I'm really liking um, the gold. Yeah. Uh, did you want a serious answer? Or was that just a sunglasses? No, it's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. The sunglasses I want to make you feel good. I didn't What's know that? you were I still I want to make sure that the people know that I'm not just, you know, some big dumb meathead. As I was accused of being. <laughs> 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 of the weekend. Yeah. That happens when he has too many drinks. No, I, listen. When you don't know somebody, you sometimes you might have preconceived I heard about notions. the story, but if you want to share the listeners please, what happened, I mean, please. I think you should. Yeah, go ahead, please. Oh and, my and, God. Enlighten our listeners. It was only truly funny because of Heather's horrified reaction to it. <laughs> and uh, me and Zach were both pretty casual. We were talking. He was like, hey, man, yeah, you know, I like listening to the show. You got a lot of stuff to say. You know a lot about a lot of things. It's crazy because I always thought you were just some big dumb meathead. <laughs> And me and him kind of laughed, and I took it in stride, because I'm like, you know what, dude, you don't know me. And like when you see me, that I, we certainly don't talk about anything, so that's fine. But Heather immediately turns purple. She's like, he's had too much to drink. She's yelling. She wanted, you see, she wanted to shrink up and like crawl into a I hole did. and die. And so we were laughing and laying it on a little bit thicker, just because we were enjoying talking to Heather. Uh, shout out to Zach. Good guy. Love Zach. I don't uh, think these sunglasses are going to help with that impression. No, it's not. No. <laughs> by the way, uh, by the way, uh, quick shout out to Zach. Uh, I don't even know if I can talk about this yet because it's not available for everybody. But I've been beta testing his uh, thing. His his uh, thing. It's not thing. even. He's so. It's awesome. He just wants. To, wait, he's working on the, the, mm. the SoundCloud right now. There's Very impressive. There's, there's a thing. There's, there's a, a thing, thing happening. There's I'm impressed. I liked it. Mm. Very. Tell him please. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you guys had that conversation at the Franklin Square Film Series, which took place last weekend. Um, if you saw me out here riding on cars, you were the star. You were the it ball, the ball awesome. man. That whole thing was mm. awesome. I never seen anything like it. I don't like to put myself over on the show, but it's episode one hundred, so uh, I'm. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. It feels like lately, and sometimes hundred episodes in, I always question. You know. What's the reach like? Because I've given up a long time ago looking at numbers. I, I really don't care anymore. Sometimes I, I, you know, I know that there are people out there who hear it, and I know there are people out there who, who seem to be engaged with it, and they care a lot about it the way that we do, and that makes me feel good, right? So I, as long as I have that, I, I care less about numbers 
and all those kind of things. I think you drive yourself crazy chasing uh, things like that week to week as well, especially mm-hmm. when there's no real hard analytics available from mm-hmm. all the multi-platforms offering the show on and stuff. So you would drive yourself it's crazy if you were chasing them week anyway, to week. Yeah. And the passion that your followers have than it is about how many. Mm. And people are always trying to get yeah. thousands of followers. No, but, uh, you know, it's it's been great. I've, I've loved doing it for 100 episodes. It's been a lot of fun. And I actually got stopped by somebody. for the. I don't get stopped all the time, but I got stopped by people at the Franklin Square film series. Oh, yeah? Was, yeah, and they uh, they were very pleased about some of the stuff we'd done. Matter of fact, it was uh, about the Carrie Bossick interview. Someone stopped me. And oh, was very cool. yeah. They had a lot of, tra- they got a lot of shares. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of shares. we've had some good times. I think the show has gotten into a nice place. I feel good about it. It's crazy that we're going to be done after this. This is the last one. Oh, I spoiled it. No, it's Did not. I, spoil I it? just started. <laughs> like, you can't just stop this. No, show. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The show continues. Uh, yeah, that was always our joke is I was going to quit after 100. No. But no, the show will continue on. You know, it's just beginning. And I, that was what I was going to say. I do feel like lately, I feel like we've gotten into a good place. I feel like uh, things have been moving in a good direction, not to jinx it knock on wood I've been feeling very positive about the show and maybe Utica in general lately I feel like we're moving into no, a good I place think it feels like a lot of growth about to happen it does it does alright that's it that's okay, all I'm putting myself over <laughs> I want to do and last but not least I want to shout out somebody very quickly uh, congratulations to my very good friend Carla Colenzo who won the OD Outstanding Teacher she's from Proctor uh, Carla Miss Colenzo is a wonderful wonderful lady she is uh, for me personally for anyone who knows her her and her husband Rich Colenzo have been uh, huge influences on not only me who is a in grad school for you know to be in a teacher but also many many teachers around uh around this area who who look at them as people who influence them to to get into teaching i wouldn't probably be back in school doing this if it wasn't for the kind uh words and uh and the kind direction of carla and her husband rich so shout out to carla teachers are great people they don't get paid enough amen pay the teachers yeah okay pay the teachers stop gutting the unions Mm. yeah (laughs) Intense. All right. (laughs) Let's get into this week. I have stuff to talk about this week. We have news. Uh, Guys, you guys want to talk about the U District? Are you excited about the U District? (laughs) That's a good reaction. That's a good reaction. Um, And I'll I'll share with you this. I I don't want to get too far into what I said with Joe. Joe, so we'll hit some points in a minute. Um, My major point is I came back to Utica and I was gung-ho, 100% bored on the on the Utica, like, renaissance, whatever you want to call it, the rebuilding of the city, right? I, I'd love anything that helps this city continue to grow forward. I'm on board. And for some reason, this doesn't make me as excited as it sh- Maybe it should. I don't know why I don't feel as good about this as I could. Um, and that's sort of where I set it up for Joe, and I'll, let, I'll, I'll leave his stuff for him. But uh, what were your guys' first thoughts about this when you read about it? Uh, there were, I mean, there were, there weren't really. It went by quickly, and then I read the article today because there was a lot of other news going on. And I read the article today because she said you want to talk about it. Um, I, I mean, cool, yeah, absolutely. You know, people want to build, people want to develop. Oh, that's always good. That's fine. I will care more about it, and I will be more convinced that it's a real thing when it's more than a logo, a hashtag, and a five-year plan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. You know, like cool, go for it. I don't know if casino is the move downtown. I don't know if I'm going to turn away the revenue either. It's just I don't trust that it's not going to be like some like horrible, like extra horrible casino. Like the one, like you ever been to like the Vernon Downs Casino? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's horrible. At least if they're going to make it nice and do a thing, I I don't know if that's the way to go, but it's certainly a way to go. So yeah, if you want to develop a bunch of places, do it, but let's talk about it. We've got a real plan. Mm -hmm. I think the only 
the, the upside to it is it will bring more people to the restaurants and things like that when you build mm-hmm. it. But then when you bring in something big like that, you take away from the space that could be available for other small businesses to bring th- more people down. Like mm-hmm. myself, even trying to find a store down there in a location is impossible now. Now we're just building bigger things on there. I think it breaks down, with how small we are, it breaks down that um, connection everybody has together when you put big, big corporate kind of things like that in there. Mm-hmm. It kind of kills the... The morale, almost. It's, I don't know. Well, I think I think that you're uh, you're not wrong about that in a larger sense. I would hate to start seeing like national chains pop up down there, like they do all over in New Hartford and stuff. With this, okay, so if they want to build a sports complex next to the odd, where the abandoned, crumbling tartan textile building is now, and you want to bring in families for sports tournaments, soccer, lacrosse, and but hockey, and all that stuff. Haven't they already tried to do that already with the place next to the odd where they do volleyball or that? Where they had, where was oh, I'm it? I'm not sure about Didn't that. Didn't they have a place right down there where they could do? They had a, it was a restaurant. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing they ever tried to build down there was Tony's Autolicious, which was an airplane hangar of a place they had to close. Okay. Um, so if they build a place that's like a, a Field of Dreams or a Sportsplex type thing down there where it's empty space, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Absolutely. Um, I always, I always try to err on the side of small business and people because you want people to have buildings developed, but there's one thing that we have no shortage of in this city. It's abandoned buildings to yes, grow into. that's true. So if somebody wants to take a huge tract of open land or of you know crumbling large old factory structure and you're going to put something cool up there, that's great. I think the beer museum feels like pandering and it feels a little bit like, yes. um, it feels a little out of touch to me. Maybe I'm biased because I have a different look on the beer industry. Sure, certainly, people. certainly. No, really, though, because I look at it and I'm like, ah, oh, I see why you think you can sell this, but you're not trying to do what you say you're trying to do. And the casino, I'm very on the fence about. But for the sportsplex, I'm all about it. I think it's great. My, my initial thought on the casino, inherently, and uh, both, uh, there are two conceptual plans, by the way, that are in place for it, both of which call for uh, an expanded odd, the American Craft Beer Museum and Innovation Center, which is a very long title, and the Utica Commons Casino, which I, look, if you're going to build a casino, you got to come up with a more exciting name than that. It's got to have some sort of theme. I'm trying to think of what kind of theme you would have so for a Utica casino. If you're going to bring in people casino. from other areas to, our, to Utica, a name like that is not going to be... Well, like the canister, like the, whatever the one, the one that has the Wizard of Oz theme makes sense because they're where Frank mm-hmm. Obama's born. What's like, the, what would the Utica casino be based around? Like tomato pie? Like the pie hole, we could call it. I just don't want Utica <laughs> to turn into like Syracuse when, you know, like they put a big hospital and they put all these big buildings in there and then you're just kind of taking chunks, large chunks out of the area. And the rec center, I can see. It's me. who I like to do, mm-hmm. like, sports. You know, I, I like things like that. I could see that. But putting in a casino, you know, I know the hospital's a whole other thing. But building these giant places, that's what they did in Syracuse. Put that big hospital in the middle, and it kind of ate a chunk out of Syracuse. And I don't know. I just feel those things take up a lot of space in such a small area. They, for sure, they definitely take up space. But I think especially with seeing the hospital in Syracuse, when they put that campus up there, I think that encouraged a lot of development right around in the area around campus and the parts where it was just sort of gross student housing and not much else. And now it's got people building things out. And there's other places in Syracuse that are now doing better because they moved from that place and they've started branching out into new neighborhoods as well. That's, That's fine. You come on. We'll take a trip. We're going to take a weekend trip. You and me, we're going we're to Syracuse. Going to, I want statistics. I gotta, and I'll say one thing. Uh, shout out to my mom, who I talk about in the show all the time. Shout out, mom. Uh, because I was a little down. My initial thought on Casino was, eh, it seems like a bad idea, right? For my first initial thought, I saw Casino, I said, seems like a bad idea. And it wasn't until my mom, who uh, likes the Casino, Mm-hmm. was sitting there on the phone. She's like, oh, no, you got to think about the other demographics of people who want to go to the casino. 100%. 150 <laughs> like, my mom is gassed. 
you know. What I am concerned is if they put a casino down there and it's of any real size and merit, not just like a couple of card tables, card and tables. like some CeeLo in the corner. Like, yeah. like make it nice, like Ocean Blue. Like make, it, make it somewhere you feel important to go to. Like, yeah, but if they make it if they make it big enough and inevitably attach a hotel to it and we have other hotels, what it does concern me about is that you do see those national train chains start trying to corner into these places and you've got a casino downtown and all of a sudden the Olive Garden is trying to go on the corner of, you know, Charlotte and State Street and you're Starbucks. like, well, wait a minute. Starbucks comes in. There goes Utica Coffee. I just, if we're going to, we can keep investing in these big projects but we have to invest at the same time in small business because that's truly, I mean, it's been statistically proven that's what revitalizes communities the most is many small businesses. You're better off spending small amounts of money on 10 different businesses than you are all the money on one. Uh, all right. Do you guys want to move on to something else? Let's move on. Time to move on to something else? All right. Uh, so I'm going to talk about something. We got two semi-down stories. I hate to, I hate to end it's the... Episode 100. I know. Wow. Uh, well, one of them is not a down story. It's just a great... Uh, finally, it took us 100 episodes, guys. We did it. We're going to talk about a car accident. I know. It took us 100 episodes to get to this point. But finally, I'm going to talk about a car accident. And sadly, this is one that I do sort of take to heart. I don't know if you guys have read about the Times Square uh, car accident that happened. Certainly. Um, look, I... I worked in Times Square, and I'm not, you know, take a shot, folks. I'm going to talk about New York City for just a second. Um, but when I worked at Carmine's, that's on 44th and 7th, which is incredibly close to where this took place. Um, I have a lot of friends who still live and work in that at that restaurant and in that area mm-hmm. who I was glad to see put up Facebook comments saying, I'm okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Kind of crazy. Uh, it's a... It's, it's a Downer story, did man. You, did you see the video? I, where they followed yeah, the car first uh-huh. and then where he... Because at first I read the story and I was like, oh. And then I saw the video and it, that was intense. That mm. was mm-hmm. uh, very upsetting. Uh, there is a report of the New York Post today that I got today. This is from uh, early this morning uh, where they talked about it. The driver himself admits that he knows he's crazy and he can't put his finger on why. Quote, I'm not completely sure what's wrong with me. Unquote. Which is... The most honest and also... Startlingly self-aware start- for a crazy person. <laughs> like, startlingly honest and also really unsettling. Like, I read that today, I was just like... Uh, it's it's dark, man. He There's also a quote saying when the cops finally took him down, he yeah. he yeah. said, you were supposed to shoot me. I wanted you to kill me. Which is, mm-hmm. again, I don't... Look, I work in... I work around, like, students and stuff, man. And I, and I work around a lot of people who are cynical in general, like, outside of just my thing. I feel like there's a lot of death and negativity in the news lately. And I don't know if it's more than usual if I'm just paying more attention to it. Yeah. This one bothered me, though, just because I I oh, know what could, it was like. I, I can see it. Do well, you, you know can envision I, yourself being there and, and be, having that happen. Because I know, what, I know what Times Square is. It's all tourists. It's all people who aren't from New York. Mm-hmm. It's not even, like, not that makes it any better, but it's like nope. all these people who come to New York to see this beautiful, whatever, this, this amazing one-of-a-kind city, right? Just fucking, it's sad. Oop, there's my one. <laughs> there's my one swear for episode 100. I'm just glad it wasn't, um, hmm. I'm glad it wasn't terrorists. Or I yes. guess I, sh- I should put that even more clearly. I'm just glad it wasn't somebody with a vaguely Middle Eastern sounding name. Yes. yes. So, so it could clear. be extrapolated because I think that, you know, hmm. this is another chink in the armor of us having to have a conversation about mental health. Hmm. Yep. And the fact that you can't muddy the waters pretending that, like, ISIS is a real threat in America, which, Take spoiler away. alert, it's not. Um... And then it filters into healthcare. Can't take away the healthcare for mental health. You know what I mean? And it, and it, 
it, I mean, there's people out here like this. There's people suffering and struggling all the time. We all know people with like mental health issues to varying degrees. And I don't know mm-hmm. personally if you know any people that are way down the path of mental health issues, but like these people are out there, and it's almost a surprise something like this doesn't happen more. And so you hope it forces tough conversations that nobody wants to have about how do we help all of these people who are hurting mentally so badly. After like hearing this and and you said all the negativity in the news, do you feel too that when you see certain people or you see anybody that are they going to go crazy or is this person like if you're in a situation? Oh, I got a power ring in my head of what I expect to go. (laughs) No, but like like I um, beat my car at somebody today and then I'm like, wait, is this person, what's this person just gets out of their car and decides that they're going to just like shoot me or something i mean i feel like no i think like them now more because the news is so crazy i try not to but like that because that's the whole point of the news they want people well to they're, be it's working on me it's mission accomplished and like that's why people are like oh the world is so how, how many times have you heard somebody say oh well, you know the way things are these days it's a dangerous world now mm-hmm. like violent crime has been precipitously dropping almost every mm-hmm. year for 20 plus years there was a short little like anomalous spike at one point to like a really small level, but just so you're saying the full on truth, mm-hmm. violent crime has been dropping. It's never been safer yeah. to live in America. Like we're so wildly safe mm-hmm. in our day to day lives in this country, every single place that you go. And the only reason people don't feel that way is because they watch the news. It's and the so news only shows yeah. you the stuff that makes you think that everything's horrifying and everything's horrible and bad things happen. Then you look at your personal life. When's the last time you've seen almost anything happen? Really? To anybody that you know or know even in passing. Got it. Just Woodstock. Shout out to Woodstock. Yeah. Kicking on. My girl. She's still around. Love her. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we have one more sort of sad story to talk about, and that is the passing of uh, Soundgarden and audio slave frontman Chris Cornell, who died at the age of 52. Uh, yeah. And, and committed suicide. Um, they think. It's disputed. I was reading today that they think it was, that they are pretty sure that it is now. Yeah, they think that he had, he was taking uh, medicine, I think Ativan, I think, which puts you to sleep or so. It's like a sleep medication, mm-hmm. but if you take too much, it makes you mm-hmm. real crazy and loopy mm-hmm. um, and gives you, like, suicidal ideations, but his family was disputing the medical report for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it does come to an underlying epidemic, which I read about today. Apparently, uh, there is a very high epidemic of suicide between uh, men between the ages of 45 and 65, particularly white males. Oh, which, yeah. Which is, uh, I never really, I, I never really knew about that. that. It seems... Yeah, it's, it doesn't... I wouldn't have thought those, that age. It's huge. It's been it's been drastically climbing for the past 10 years. I mean, I, I think it may... Doesn't that make sense to you, though? I guess now that it's brought up to me, like, it sort of does. Like, these people who look at their lives as, like, what have I done with my life, maybe? Like... No, it's not... It's nothing... It's nothing so heady and fancy boy as that even. Mm, it's the fact right. that... I look at what the economy's done in the last 10 yeah, to 15 years to these people. That's a good point. Look at these people in these places that they have no jobs, they have no prospects, they can't, you know, support a family, support themselves. The economy is a huge drain, and specifically, Sam, I know you know this because we've talked about it, there's an extra pressure that, you know, we put on ourselves or is put on us as guys to, like, if you can't make money and you can't yes. be successful, you're shit and you have no place in this yeah, world. Yeah, what are you doing with yourself? And that's yeah. what you're very, very much told mm-hmm. and is pushed through and that stuff starts to weigh on these guys who don't really know any other way to approach their life. Because when you look at where those things are happening, you'll notice very specifically they're happening in areas where economics are a problem. In these aging Rust Belt places where the economy's in the toilet, there's no jobs, there's no more coal jobs, there's no anything else like that. Yeah. That's what happens. I always think about my grandfather and this con- when these crude concepts come up. My, uh, I grew up in a family of primarily women, right? Like my, my, mm-hmm. my grandfather had four daughters, and his four daughters all had like three or four grandkids and like 75% of them are women. You know, he was surrounded by women all the time. So I grew up in this house where it was this huge minority 
And I always saw my grandfather as this very particular image, this like sort of stoic anchor type character, this sort of rock in the middle of the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. Like when all things would go around, he was a very calming presence. And that sort of built this expectation that that is what strong men who lead families do is they Mm -hmm. are these stoic rocks for their family to give them this sort of stability to grasp onto. I don't know if that's an antiquated um, like belief system anymore. Who knows? Like it depends on what your thoughts are, but that's like an expectation that I think maybe some other men out there will will agree with, right? It's mm-hmm. it is something that exists in my head is this this image that's harder and harder to live up to today when there's less for us to grasp onto than there was 30, 40 years ago. Well it's also you're talking about the guys in that age range are in um, a very the world is changing very fast mm-hmm. and they really just sort of miss the boat on the way the world works now. Like mm-hmm. we're almost on the outside edge at thirty one. Imagine being 50, trying to figure out how to remake it or make yourself in this world that's so confusing, and it's just, you know what I mean? I'm watching that right now with some family of mine. It's hard. Hard yeah, to see them. I mean, starting, it's like starting over at 50, you know? In like, a different world than yeah. you grew up in. Yeah. You have no experience or reference points or anything to be competitive, and if you can't make money in this country, it, sadly, it makes you irrelevant to many, many people. And society just sort of sweeps your underside and that's why everybody's taking like you know opiates that's why everybody's mm. drinking themselves to death that's why all these things are happening um we Real actually quick though we moved past um it's really sad about chris cornell <laughs> i know we moved right oh, past yeah. chris cornell well, no we did because well, i jumped into yeah yeah but i just wanted to say um that i liked chris cornell a lot yeah and i liked the work he did with audio slave and i was really skeptical because i was a big rage guy <laughs> and i like soundgarden a lot and um He'll probably never get enough credit for being as good. Uh, I think he's gotten outshined, uh, no pun intended, by you know the Nirvanas and the Pearl Jams mm-hmm. of that era and that Seattle music and everything. But uh, Chris Cornell was a good one. He was a great artist for a very long time. That's it. Do, do you listen to Soundgarden at all? Not really. No grunge for you? Not really. What were you listening to in the 90s? Oh, I don't. Uh, shit. Um, Selena? No, were you a Selena person? No, I wasn't like a Selena. I don't know. <laughs> I was like listening to like... Whitney Houston? N- yeah, and like... Um, Oh, like En Vogue and all that. Ooh, En Vogue. Ooh. Um, I was like back, back, forth, and forth. Can I, I'll say this. And I have an, I, my thought... That's not bad. Uh, that's not too bad. Um, my thing with Cornell was always this. Um, I never loved Soundgarden, right? I have songs by Soundgarden I like, and we'll play out on, a, we'll play out on one of my favorite Soundgarden songs before we go into our interview with Joe Marino. But um, even though I didn't love Soundgarden, and I didn't totally grasp onto Audio Slave or any of Chris Cornell's solo work. There was one thing I knew about Chris Cornell, and that he had a once-in-a-lifetime singular, amazing singing voice. That yeah. uh, that was this beautiful, wonderful instrument. That uh, I read. A, I listened to a wonderful podcast this week about this uh, on The Ringer that talked about. It seemed like he was the kind of guy who had this wonderful instrument, but never knew where to harness it best. Right? Mm-hmm. He he struggled sometimes to find a platform to to showcase this 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 talent that he had. Yo, he's another guy, man. You think yeah. about that voice that he had and that voice he came into and all of a sudden he found himself in the 50s, the world had left him behind. And nobody yeah. wanted shrieking rock gods with like the voices of Zeus. <laughs> yeah, shirtless. Like, yeah. like, you know, like Robert Plant in the 70s. There wasn't a place for a man like that anymore in today's world. So no. you figure out how to harness the gifts that you have and make them applicable in today's world. We've moved we've moved on to the era of the self-conscious rock star. The, the Eddie Vedder and the Kurt Cobain who shied away from the, I, the spotlight. I think we're even past it. That's still 25 years. Almost 30. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean at the time, like when he when Soundgarden, like he even then they were outliers in that sort of that crew. You know what I mean? Like they were a different band than Pearl Jam and Nirvana and even like the Alice in Chains. Well, Alice in Chains seems totally 
out in left field sometimes when I mm-hmm. think about him in hindsight. But uh, yeah, Chris Cornell, very sad. Uh, that was sad. Let's, um, you know what? Let's let's do something okay. to lift the mood. Uh, Heather brought us uh, a 100th episode gift basket. Yeah. Let's see what's in it. <laughs> All right, some bad radio. We got some hats. Kev, you want to put your hat on? Party, of Party hat. Do. Yes, here we go. Ooh, yes. You guys ready for this? This is good radio. Oh, no, it doesn't make sounds. It's one of those... It was uh, cheap. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> hey, Utica Clubs. Oh, I know, I tried. Heather, I you're know. the best. And a pinata. It's a real oh, smallest oh, pinata. I'm taking a picture of this. Now we got to find some stuff from around the house to give to Heather because it's her birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we already gave Heather a present. Uh, Heather, you have the rest of the show up. I'd, oh, thank you. I know. I'm going <laughs> Heather, uh, listen, though. I want to thank you so much for these beautiful gifts. You're welcome. And, and Make sure I'll, you give them to everybody who's on. I'm going to give everybody, but I also I also want to thank you for being a part of our show. I'm going to tell you a story. When Aaron Higgins first left the show, uh, the first person, the first person we talked about bringing on the show was you. You were the very first person we talked about. We said, let's see if Heather wants to do it. And I got afraid to ask you because you got pregnant and the business was going on mm-hmm. and it seemed like something that I was like, she's never going to want to commit time to do this. It's never, like, whatever. Um, we're very glad to have you on the show. Thank you. We're happy that you're here um, and you've been a great addition. Thank you so awesome. much for being Thank yourself you. and we appreciate it. I love it. Thank Sentimental you. stuff. I like it. Say the sentimental dude. Okay, say something mean to counteract No, the... don't say anything mean. <laughs> uh, I noticed that you said we a lot. Uh, oh. uh, Heather, uh, go enjoy I will. your birthday with your wonderful husband. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah. And let's get into this week's interview uh, with two-time uh, guest of the show, one of our longest interviews, Joe Marino. Uh, it's a good thing it's a long interview because we've got to figure out what we're going to do for this next segment. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. There's various uh, potential special guests we could bring in. What do you think? Parkinson? Let's, just, let's just go out into the street and just get the first person we see lurking outside in the yard. The first person we find lurking we'll in the street. We'll put the cat on the show. Oh, Charles! Charles would be a great guest. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Let's uh, let's listen one more time to the uh, beautiful voice of Chris Cornell. This is "Fell on Black Days" by Soundgarden, followed immediately by my uh, my interview with our good friend, Fourth Ward Councilman Joe Marino. We will be back with episode one hundred in just a bit. For the first like forty episodes of the show, yeah, we just recorded into the laptop, which is <laughs> and if you, there's yeah. a there's a very definitive episode. I don't remember what number it is now uh, right. on this long crazy road to one hundred, right? Where there's a definite moment where just like all of a sudden it sounds much better, and people like people mentioned it yeah, like, did yeah, you guys yeah. get a new mic? I'm like, I know. Uh, yeah. I bet it's a little different than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, folks, I gotta set the scene for you a little bit here. It is a beautiful Thursday afternoon, and it is about ninety degrees out. 
and it's probably about 92 in the studio. So for what I normally do is I lock the studio up pretty tight, but for the sake of keeping us from sweating to death, I've decided to leave the studio a little more open as I'm joined by uh, my very good friend, Fourth Ward Councilman Joe Marino, back for the second time. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much no, Sam, congratulations on your 100th episode. I'm Thanks, honored man. to be here today with it. No, and, uh, listen. It is open. It is airy, and, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it could be worse. It's a beautiful day in Utica. My only concern for the folks who are listening is if at some point in time there are two things you may hear in the background that I can't control. One, a potential thunderstorm and two the ice cream man who tends to make his rounds <laughs> during this portion of the day so just prepare yourself for that uh i appreciate you coming down before the first saranac thursday it's gonna be a wild evening i feel like tonight yeah um, we got a great local band kicking off yes, today with classified it's amazing there's 25 years they've been doing it we're they've been doing it a long time they played at my wedding in fact Sam. really yeah they were uh i'm a giant fan of those guys in particular as human beings mm-hmm. you know just oh, as, yeah, as yeah. men um, and, and sometimes women. They uh, we had a woman singer at mm-hmm. our uh, band, and uh, you know, in general, people like to support local. I oh, mean, you've yeah. seen that, and you know, I mean, who else better to talk to than you mm-hmm. about supporting locals? So yeah, I bet they're gonna have a giant crowd tonight. And I'm oh, hoping I, to get down there a little later. I hope so. I'm gonna try and get down uh, after. I, I really hope that they don't get thunderstormed out. I, I know mean, you never know. I swear to God, I looked at the, I looked through the weather today, and it was like rain from five to eight. I'm like, that's that's. Yeah. Predictable, yeah, I suppose. Perfectly uh, bad timing. Um, so, a little something that people may not know about uh, you. Uh, last year, when we first did our Franklin Square film series, you were a huge help to us in, in making that happen and getting those lights turned off. <laughs> yeah, right. And a lot of people don't know that you went out on a limb and did that for us. I really appreciate you, you know, sticking up for us. And you've always been a big supporter of us, sure. and I've always supported, and I've always been very pleased that you've you've cared enough to be helpful to us. And thank you for that. Well, for you're welcome. But let me just say, I mean, it, it is incredibly easy for me to do something for you guys who work mm-hmm. so hard. Oh, thank so uh, it was a pleasure, and mm-hmm. I continue to uh, to do that. We've mm-hmm. talked to National Grid recently. Oh yeah, we've got all the dates locked in Wonderful. for this year. Wonderful. So uh, we don't have to, mm-hmm. you know. Before in the past, you know, Katie would call me, or, or one of you guys would get in touch with me. <laughs> hey, we're gonna do one tomorrow. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, <laughs> you know find out who the rep is the, uh, you know on duty to get yeah, the yeah. national grid people here but uh, now you, you know you got a uh, season 2 we're as trying, it were we're so trying we're good. to get we're trying to get better at being less off the cuff because it is the kind of business okay. that we run it's it. okay uh, it's listen, right. I'm glad to do it in that amount of time and you had a, a good turnout even off the oh, cuff yeah. uh, and I'm very excited for this weekend for it. uh Joe I have to say you know we've we've had we don't have a lot of politicians on the show and a lot of the reasons I don't is because I don't love I'm afraid that sometimes when we talk about, like, especially national politics, which I'm going to try and avoid today with you. Sure. Uh, for our, both of us. Yeah, that's okay. Like that's fine. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I feel like when I deal with uh, politicians, even off the off the air, I tend to feel like I'm being sold to. Right? Like, I feel yeah, like someone's yeah, yeah. pitching yeah. me an angle, or they're trying to sell me on their narrative. Uh, but you have always been particularly straightforward and open with us, and with uh, all the constituents, by the way, as well. Not just with us, but with sure. everybody I've heard you deal with. And, uh, and I think that goes a long way. Um, have you felt like that's been an asset to you in terms of how you've communicated with the public? Well, I appreciate you noticing mm-hmm. because I, I actually actively try mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm not a pitch man or a salesman. Sure. And, because, you know, my first I have to thank my mother for that. She was, she was very honest. <laughs> she was very straightforward. And, you know, what they said about my mom was that you never had to guess how she was thinking. She would always tell you and, you know, yeah. and people respected that. <laughs> uh, I like to be honest because I, this is the super deluxe 100% truth that I can give you. I don't want to be elected if I have to be someone else, right? Mm. So I prefer mm-hmm. people know exactly what they're getting yeah. from me. And look, not everybody mm-hmm. loves everything that they get from me, and I try to get better, and I'm mm-hmm. willing to listen to things, and I, I'm certainly aware that I'm wrong, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. My wife tells me daily, in mm-hmm. fact, so I'm, you know, 
Uh, but I just, I would prefer people know exactly who I am. I don't have to stop and think about what my, you know, and that's the Abraham Lincoln quote. No man is a good enough memory to be a successful liar. Can I ask you a question? And this is something I've been thinking about a lot. And again, not going to touch on national politics here, but ever since sure. the, the most recent election, I feel somewhat disenfranchised <clears throat> by the concepts of both parties. Well, I've, I've always associated as a Democrat, and mm-hmm. at least that's what I'm registered as, but I feel sort of disillusioned in general. And uh, I, I don't know if I've ever, I, I assume you are, you're a Democrat. I'm a Democrat, you're, you're, yeah, a lifelong Democrat. Democrat. Um, do you feel like sometimes it's easier or harder on the local level to move away from partisan stuff and just focus on the issues at hand? Well, it's easier in one sense because I never have to, as a council person, discuss health care or abortion yeah, rights yeah, and things right. like that. Um, but it's a little harder in the sense that, you know, local is local. They kind of mm. blur the lines in Republican and Democrat. You know, exactly. like, I'm fiscally conservative. I mean, and I, I make mm. no bones about it. I'm, I'm very fiscally conservative. Glad you said that, actually. Socially, though, you know, I, I tend to lean uh, liberal in that sense and giving people the option to, you know, have a, a authority over themselves. And that's a real thing that me and Kevin uh, have talked about many times in the show is feeling sometimes like we're stuck in this weird place where we are... Like, uh, like socially liberal and economically conservative. And it feels like I know a lot of people who feel this way. I wonder if there is something in that, in this movement, in like a feeling of that going forward. There's more people who buy into that than we think there is. I would imagine that there are, right? And, you know, yeah. you, you look at a guy like Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. right? Rudy, Rudy Giuliani was a Republican, a conservative. I think he's gone a little bit off the deep end lately, oh, personally. Well, yeah, me too. But, but. Um, you know, when he ran New York City, he ran it really well. And he ran it under the sense of, I'm a Republican, but, you know, look. Uh, women's health uh, is is their right, and it's their right to choose how they want to, you know, dole out their own. So he was socially accepting of a lot of Republican non-accepting issues. Right. But fiscally, you know, he was a, you know, wasn't a big taxer, wasn't a big spender. Uh, you know, he was a, he was very, uh, you know, conservative in that sense. So I think that there's a third party out there. I think that you're right. I yeah. think that there is a, a giant group of people mm. that just want to say, look, I can, you know, appreciate, you know, what goes on in the liberal world, but still feel like I want to not tax, you know, the life out of people. Exactly. Right? So there is, I think, a, a room for it. But look, you know, the American culture has gotten that two-party system and they're never going to get out of it, I don't think, well, not in this, our lifetime. Well, there's a larger issue. And we've talked about this sort of broadly on the show before is, especially, again, in the national scene, there seems to be this sort of motivated ignorance on both sides where it's like, I'm less concerned about the truth and more about, and more concerned about maintaining my position as being quote unquote, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm correct and I don't care what you think about it. I'm going to ignore the facts because I want to stay on my side. And that's seems damaging. Yeah. I mean, look, again, even this, this political season, this, you know, presidential season, you had a mass conglomerate of people gear, uh, their liberalism towards a guy like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And then on the other side, you had him go towards a guy like Trump. Yeah. Both guys, in my opinion, now Bernie's you know been a little bit more of a politician in his day sure. than Trump would. Sure. But he was the outside candidate. He yeah. was the not established mm-hmm. candidate. And those are the way that people kind of took what I think you're saying, and then they just you know went guns blazing towards either right. side. You know, everybody was super super mm-hmm. hardcore right, super super hardcore left, mm-hmm. and that's when you know. The argument started, and people will not concede to that argument. And that's all it was, was just a fight. And sometimes, and it's unfortunate, people would rather win the fight than actually be oh, yeah. right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. And that's and that's scary, because sometimes yeah. those people who are having those arguments have yeah. a lot more say than, <laughs> than we do. Well, that's the problem. And on the <laughs> national scene, that is a, that is a yeah. huge problem that we have as a country. But 
locally, I could tell you, um, people just generally go with, you know, either their, you know, their bad intentions mm-hmm. or their good intentions, but they're yeah. really not party intentions. Sure. Um, I want to get into some local issues, as a matter of fact. Uh, one thing I do need to point out, uh, before, I've had two guests on the show. Sure. Uh, one, uh, Jordan Carp, who is a two-time guest on our show from uh, the Adirondack. Yeah, I know Jordan well. Uh, he made a big stink to me when he came on that he got to be a two-time guest before you and your good friend yeah, Andy well, Brindisi. Right, yeah, I, and I'm aware of that. And <laughs> see, the thing is, with, uh, with Mr. Carp is that he's what we call a glory hound. A glory so hound, glory boy, yes, if, for sure. If you find him in the bushes now, I wouldn't be surprised. If you happen to walk outside late at night and you see someone with a Mets cap on yeah. and a disheveled look, mm-hmm. it may be him. So I'm not surprised that he was on twice before Anthony and I. You know, but, what's uh, funny, as a guy who's not a politician, yeah. he came in here and wanted to talk politics to me more than anybody I knew. Like, more than anybody who's Yeah, well, jo- well, Jordan's really, you know, all kidding aside, Jordan's really smart. Oh, he's, he's a really, brilliant man. You know, and he's uh, he's very history savvy in, in yes. politics. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good to talk mm-hmm. to about those kind of things. And and don't forget, he used to be yeah. a uh, you know a runner of campaigns. Yeah. He exactly. ran Mike Arcuri's. He'll tell you two successful campaigns <laughs> and not the third. Um, <laughs> that's politician. <laughs> that's right. He's run my campaign, yeah. uh, you know, and helped me a great deal. And Anthony as well. So, um, you know. But like you guys, you know, it's people we could trust. He's been a friend of mine for a lot longer mm-hmm. than he was a campaign manager sure. of mine or Anthony's for that for that matter. So, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, Jordan's a good guy, but he loves politics, boy. He uh, he digs oh, yeah. right in. Yeah. Uh, so uh, on that same note, I'd like to present you with this. This is our uh, Uticast uh, Two Timers Club Award, which we give wow. to two time guests. That so is... now both you and Jordan have one, and uh, and of course your good friend Anthony Brindisi does not yet nice. have one. Yeah. So. See, look at you know. <laughs> I don't even take umbrage to the fact that people call me the Robin to his Batman, right? So really, I'll do you call you that? Uh, well, I've heard it said. Mm. I've heard it said by other politicians. Interesting. You know, in jest. That's pretty so, good. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'll take it because I respect the kid and, or the the young man. And, <laughs> the young um, man. Right. So I'll take it. However, I do vehemently support anything that I get first, better, good. or more than Anthony Brindisi and. Here you go, Robin. If you're listening, my winner circle trophy is front and center here today. <laughs> he is the bad. Um, <laughs> so I know we've had a little bit of fun here. I do want to get into a couple issues that I am very curious about, sure. uh, and I'd like to get into them just a little bit. Again, uh, number one, paving plan seems to be moving along very nicely. I can tell because I've seen people on the internet going, "Geez, there's so much construction going on right, right now." Right. right. Uh, but. You know, you were a big proponent of the paving plan. Uh, I'm glad to see it moving forward. It seems to be moving forward earlier than planned as well. Uh, not earlier. earlier. No, not earlier than planned. Um, we, we hoped that it would have gone through the referendum, asking oh, sure. people how sure we felt, that. right? And once we had that in place and once, you know, we secured the funding, what we wanted to do, and this has always been the plan, mm-hmm. is to kind of trifurcate or separate mm. the way that we're paving now. And we had to get it out sooner. I mean, a few years mm. ago... When I was, you know, maybe one or two years on uh, on the Common Council, we were paving in the middle of the Boilermaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was, yeah. you know, it wasn't the most appropriate. It wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. thing to see. Yeah. So we made a very concerted effort to get younger in our in our contract bidding right, and awarding right. and getting that construction going. This year, because of the the quantity of paving that we'll be doing, yeah. we made a very concerted effort to set a goal and a plan, mm-hmm. and we've we've uh, we've been pretty successful. So what you see now. Now being May, um, we've only got one of the three contracts that are out. The first contract is what we call Millenfill, 
mm-hmm. and that's the roads that are you know, they don't have a sub base problem they don't have sure. cracking in the concrete underneath that contract is out now that means we strip away the top maybe four to six inches if there's a problem they'll go in dig it out and you know fix it but right. generally speaking this contract is just strip away the top put the new layer back on and get that new surface ready to go contract two and three two being full reconstruction the, the roads that do mm. have sub-base problems and geological problems sure. which we found those contract that contract is going out now mm. um and then the third contract is what we call a repair contract or you know stretches of road that are you know maybe uh, half a block or even less long you know, half a block would be probably the max of what we would call a repair generally what you would see is kind of like those uh, water uh, repairs those squares in the road we have potholes that are no longer potholes they're danger zones yes yes so some of <laughs> yes, them indeed. you just can't drop in <laughs> yeah. asphalt and hope that it sticks so we're going to cut it out and do it right yeah. and that will you know hopefully all be done before july maybe mm-hmm. august perhaps so what you're seeing now is a real plan a real way to pave roads getting them done right taking the politics out of it mm. you know we're scoring them with the county the county mm. is scoring our roads meaning they're going to tell us a b and c you know good better best kind of situation and uh so you know whether your grandmother lives there or sam Familaro lives there mm. or joe marina lives there if that road needs to get done it's going to get done uh when i did my research today looking up some topics to talk to you about um the number one thing that came up on every news source when i looked up you today uh, was uh, Fire Chief Russell Brooks. Oh, um, recently. Yeah, recently. Um, yeah. You have been very vocal about uh, the situation. Uh, for a lot of our listeners who aren't super familiar, I knew uh, I knew Russell a little bit. I knew his kids. We played in bands together. Uh, mm-hmm. He was always a very important figure. At least we knew him in the community. Sure. Uh, did you like to speak at all about that at all? Yeah, no, yeah. of course. Um, uh, one thing that drove me to... Um, First support Russell Brooks. I mean, aside from the fact that he's been a 40-year serving member yeah. of the fire department, a 13-year yeah. chief, uh, you know, I'm not a big proponent of bullying. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 it bothers me. I have young kids in school. I'm uh, I'm not a very big guy myself, and I've always been concerted, uh, you know, in my efforts to make sure that I was never bullied. It never happened. I had to make yeah. sure I took care of myself. Mm-hmm. So bullying is a big, big problem for mm-hmm. me, and I believe that the chief has been bullied. Yeah. by the city, and um, I wanted him to know right away that he had a partner in City Hall that wasn't going to turn his back on him. Yeah. Um, you know, So for that, I, uh, I sent a letter to the mayor asking exactly what happened, and I've been still waiting answers. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, basically the story is that Chief Brooks went to uh, 9-11, responded mm-hmm. to 9-11 through what's called a state uh, shared services plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like if you see a big fire in Yorkville, Utica Fire Department will respond because we yeah. share services on, uh, you know, for, you know, three alarm fires when they only have two alarms to go, we give, we give them the third. Sure. So um, during 9-11, naturally being the biggest disaster that I think the country's ever seen, maybe oh, yeah. Pearl Harbor could have, yeah. you know, well, for, compete. For a lot of our lifetimes. Right, for least. our yeah. lifetime without yeah. a doubt. Um, so we were asked as a city to provide some assistance, mutual aid assistance to New York City and Chief Brooks and 11 other men from Utica, New York, went down there for a search and rescue. Mm. And in his, you know, uh, capacity as a fireman that the city authorized, he contracted, uh, you know, a very serious illness based on the dust. Mm. The Nationally, there is what's called the Zadroga Act. Yeah. That act provides health care for yes. uh, people that have been injured 
through uh, 9-11. So it was a common uh, theme in New York City when I was living down there for those many years. Sure. You see in the paper all the time people who were suffering from the from the effects of the... Yeah, and you uh, even seen President Obama just yeah. almost recently. I mean, I think yeah. it was two years ago that he signed the act finally yeah. and you know got that health insurance and health care for those people. So what, what you have to do, I think there's, you know, a, a couple of thousand responders that, that have uh, been, you know, injured from one way or another, you know, from broken ankles to what the chief is uh, undertaking. He goes through every year a medical examination yeah. to make sure that his condition is either the same, better, or worse, and that he's still applicable in terms of this is drug act. And in this case, he put in what's called a 207A health claim with the city of Utica. Yes. Now, that 207A just basically means workers' comp. Yeah. And uh, most cases, what workers' comp means to us is we got to pay their salary, we got to pay their health bills, we got to pay their medical bills. In the chief's case, though, what his 207A, his workers' comp claim would have been, is that he was trying to save on some sick days because he was going to go through some issues. He wouldn't sure. have had the health pay uh, to be paid for because that's going through the Drug Act. Mm-hmm. So while it would cost the city money because he's still an employee, naturally, it wouldn't cost the city an extra dime because of that fact that he's a part right. of this bill, just the bill, just the amount of money he would have been paid anyway. Correct. Okay. Right. He would just it would have just cost the city the exact same mm. amount of money that it would have mm. had he never put in a claim. Right. What he was doing was he was trying to you know relieve himself of using all these sick days, and what happened was that the city denied he been at nine eleven through the city's auspices, okay. which was you know just unequivocally false. And But further, my problem wasn't that. My problem isn't that he was denied his claim. That's a civil service issue. They're going to be in court. Somebody will figure that yeah. out that's much smarter than me. My problem was a 42-year veteran of, the, uh, of service in the city, a Marine, a 9-11 yeah. responder. He was asked to leave immediately, not represent himself yeah. as chief, yeah. leave his keys, leave his phone. And this man was denigrated for no particular yeah. reason other than what I can only tell as mm. bad politics, yeah. bad old-time Utica politics. Now, that's my opinion of it. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I, that was a quote that I, I took out of one of these things that I want to talk to you about because when I heard that quote, I laughed, and not in a, not like laughing that you said it, but laughing because for men of a certain age, this idea of old-time Utica politics sort of hits a very special part yeah. in, our, in our like heart, and like for especially <laughs> our parents, that was like something I would hear my dad say all the time. Yeah. Right, and I think people sometimes forget that like, Utica was kind of a crazy place <laughs> it was, for a long uh, you know, time. They had a nickname that yeah. was, you know, it was an unmentionable, it was the Wild West, yeah. you know, at one point. And, you know, another thing, too, you know, I take a lot of pride in yeah. people like Anthony Brindisi or, you know, myself, because Italians in mm. politics in Utica mm. got a bad reputation well, because yeah. of what happened mm. back then. And, you know... Look, I like my mafia movies just the same. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing a wife beater under my shirt oh, sure. right now. Oh, for sure. So I'm, I'm as Italian <laughs> as anyone else. But I also have, you know, a master's degree in business. Yeah. And I, I yeah. also work very hard to provide a life for my family. And, you know, that Goomba attitude yeah. is what set us back as a city. Oh, yeah. And we're progressing. There's a lot of work that's gone into progressing as a city. And, you know, for me... Again, I'm no hero. I'm not perfect. I know I've done wrong, and I'm you know I, I make up for my wrongs yeah. daily. The fact of the matter is, I'll be damned yeah. if you know someone is going to treat a guy like that yeah. that way. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to be a part of a city that has anything to do with it. So I, you know, immediately found it in me to uh, yeah. to stand up. But this isn't about me. It's not even about uh, Russ Brooks. It's about the way that he was treated. You know, and that's the biggest problem that I had. And you know, I'll continue to support him morning, noon, and night, whenever he needs me. Yeah. 
I don't know if you are connected to this story at all, but I want to discuss a little bit about this because it's been a big talking point with a lot of people who've come up with me lately, is the sure. story of the U, this new downtown sports yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. and entertainment district. Sure. When I left Utica in 2000 and, let's say it's 2007, I want to say 2008, I left to go to college in New York City, um, and then, but about the time, I gotta be honest, at that point in time, I was 21, 20, 22, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I was older than that. I'd take that back. But either way, I was at a point in time in that era when I was like, I never want to come back here. When I leave Utica, I'm never coming back. I'm going to stay in New York City for the rest of my life. I'll do it down there. I'll right. come and visit my family. Yeah. So when I came back to Utica and fell into the Maiden Utica group and saw the good things that were going on, it was inspiring. It was really nice. And part of me <clears throat> continues to say that I'm... I'm always rooting for the Utica comeback. And part of me looks at this and says, okay, it's a redevelopment plan. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel less excited about this than I should? Okay. Yeah, like, that's fair. No, <laughs> like, no, no. Uh, maybe, it's the, maybe it's the fact that there's the word casino in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's exactly the part that makes me a little uncomfortable mm -hmm. about the whole thing. But something about this makes me less excited than I feel like it should be as a revitalization concept. Yeah, no, I hear you. And look, and I, I feel the same way to a yeah. degree, right? And, you know, my... A little backstory, not to <clears throat> keep your listeners too no, long. No, 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 please. Uh, when, you know, another story with, with Brindisi uh, mm, and true. I, right? So when the state was going in to figuring out how to um, legalize, quote-unquote, gambling. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they were going through all the United Indian Nation and, you know, the Senecas up yeah. in, you know, Niagara Falls, I believe it is. So they were going through, and, you know, Brindisi had to make a vote one way or sure. another. And, you know, we were both discussing how we understand the monetary aspect of it, meaning money's going to come into the state yeah. and into the region, that, sure. whatever region it's in. But as a socioeconomic driver... Is it the best way to bring that money in? Or is it the only way? The only option you have is a gaming. Uh, the reason that it was kind of something that we... we well, he had to actually physically vote on, but, you know, I, I can... I understood was, you know, the idea that, look, it's there anyway. Sure. You know, the, and for me, uh, you know, I find... You talk about bullies. I find very few groups of people more disenfranchised than the Native American people. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, so, my God. You know, I, I got a soft spot in my heart <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the way that, you know, the Native American people were treated. Have right? you ever read uh, People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn? I have. I know the book, though. There's a... Yeah. There's, oof, yeah. I know <laughs> oh, man. The book. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I know the book. Wasn't there yeah. a documentary based on that? I believe there was. He's... Yeah. he's I, I think that book should be, like... Taught in schools, honestly, I think it's amazing. Yeah, but it, I understand why it's not. Yeah, right, right. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. They get into yeah. the meat and potatoes. Yeah, is exactly yeah. what it's happened. Not right. a pretty picture. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so for that, I, look, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, the United Indian Nation. They're, they're trying to make a comeback on their own. This happens to be a loophole that they found in the yeah. federal government to allow them to game. So the state legalizes it, so they can kind of operate yeah. elsewhere. So fine for that. But as a socioeconomic driver, I do not believe in gaming. As yeah. A, I just don't. But, you know, look, again, with that said, with, with me and this concept, the you concept, mm. I am right now currently just in the process of listening. Yeah, for Because, sure. look, you know, as a city leader mm. or, you know, just forget that, as a citizen who's got kids here, wants sure. them to not go away at 22 or 21 and, feel and never thing. come back, yeah. I want them to have a place to be that they can be right. proud of, right? Exactly. So for that, my job unequivocally is to listen because when you got $50 million, somebody wants to privately put in 
to an area that's never been looked at, exactly. I can clearly say that I did my homework, I know what I'm talking about, and here's how I fall on the issue. Right now, I don't know. You know, I like I like parts of it more than others. The, sure. Even the beer museum, and I'll be honest with you, I don't understand it. Mm, yeah, I'm I not a beer guy. But I, I don't understand how that that could be so. a tourist tourist attraction. Perhaps it is. Sure, it could for somebody. I mean, like, you know, does like its beer. I'm particularly right. not a big beer drinker. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, look, in the summertime, like days like this, I like to sit out by my That's grill. True. The kids play catch. I love a you know a UC or sure. you know a Adirondack Lager happens to be my That's my yours. favorite. I was a black yeah. I was a black forest guy until they got rid of him. Me too. They got rid of him. Yeah, yeah it was awful. I hassle Kevin terrible. about that all the time. Yeah. All oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's all a good one to get at. I mean, I tell every time I see Fred and Nick, I'm I'm like, yes. Hurt me like I mean, you hurt on the inside when that happened. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so you know, I like I like, but when I say I'm not a beer guy, I don't understand the you know because it's an innovation center, right? They're right. gonna have yeah. hops grown there and scientists working on yeah. craft beer. I can't wait to learn more about what yeah. that means. So um, you know, as it stands right now, we got a concept, we got some real initiative behind it. Like, let's see where it goes. Yeah. Part of me feels like. In a certain, in, in my head, as I think about it, I see a scenario where it goes through and it's okay, and the downtown hospital goes through and it's okay, and mm-hmm. then it's a really interesting look at what Utica looks like twenty years from now, sure. twenty years from now, right? Yeah. But also, I still have that old kind of mentality from living here long enough. Where I'm like, I don't, I don't know how bold. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm bold. I, yeah. look, I, I get it. You yeah. know. And again, I, I'm not trying to pawn off the, oh, the, sure. the answer to you I'm and try to play devil's advocate. I'm just saying I could see both sides. But do I really think that there's going to be vagabonds and, you know, prostitutes hanging out mm. by, behind this thing? I don't, right? So I, I don't know that that'll happen. But just as a socioeconomic driver, again, you know, I think about the as a Democrat, right? As a, yeah, yeah. I think about people who've had issues with gambling. For sure. And that could oh, yeah. be a problem. But, you know, again, oh, yeah. would I rather they do it in Utica or in the turning zone seven miles, eight or ten miles away? That's true. So, you know, I don't know. It's a, It's... It's a multifaceted casinos gambling is because I actually don't get me wrong I, I don't hate the concept of gambling yeah right, I, used, right. I was on the, before it got all weird with the legislation I was into the DraftKings thing for a right, while right 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 yeah yeah and something about it was a little off I think my guy won like fifty bucks and then never cashed it out yeah, yeah, I was like I'm just done here everybody loves that stuff I like poker like if I'm playing I poker do too. look like, I go to the casino yeah, yeah I for me personally and this is just again just yeah. being honest. I would rather lose $100 to you <laughs> exactly, than, right? than $10 to a casino, any casino. Or $20 to a slot machine, right, which has you no know, skill. Yeah, so, but I, I like I like playing cards around a table. You know, my mm. friends and I always grew up playing. We played a game called Pitch. I don't mm. know if you're familiar with that game. Oh, dude. But yeah, yeah. I love Pitch, right? We got Pitch in 2000 and... I'm trying to think of what year I graduated Proctor now. 2004, I think. Okay. Uh, we got Pitch... Banned from the school because yeah. we lost so much money playing it in the lunchroom. They Perfect. banned pitch from the entire school. Perfect. I don't think you can play cards in Proctor now because of it. I think it's still <laughs> right. banned. Yeah. So I like uh, I yeah. like to I like to play games and you know. But again, I, I got to look at both sides and I I've got yeah. to not close my mind. Sure. To fifty plus million dollars, hundreds exactly. of jobs. You know because look what the casino does do is they employ thousands of people. Oh yeah. So For sure. you know again, you know these people that are gonna go gamble. Yeah. Somebody like me, I might go to any casino in the world mm. twice, three times a yeah. year for a wedding, and then I'll head downstairs and go to the blackjack table, have a little mm. fun. So I'll do that. But here, I'm not going to go out of my way. Now, I worry about the people that will go out of their way. Oh, yeah. But if they're going out of their way, 
they're going to go up there. They're going to find a way to get there. Mm -hmm. So being here isn't... So my my objective is to look at the investment, look at how it could bring it back to the city, and look at the jobs, and that's what we're doing now. So it's pretty new. Uh, So I just want you to know how I really feel about it, because I'm not trying to dodge the question. I just don't know yet. I don't know as much about it. That's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. The the only other thing that I think about this, and it's something I think about sometimes when I hear... I used to go to a lot of the Bag Square meetings. They talk about a lot of like lofts, right? And all these expensive lofts. And part of me thinks like, I don't know if there's this huge draw for like expensive upscale lofts. I think there's more of a need for almost like cheap, affordable. You're not kidding. Like how? And you know, I'll you tell you. you saying? Like you I, talk about back square. Chris Telgo is actually trying to do that now. Yeah. You know, low to he's moderate. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Great guy. But he sees a, a niche market that's yes. unserved. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't know where he's at in the process, so I don't want to you know tell of too course, many yeah, tales yeah. out of school here, but. You know, he's got some buildings that he wants to do some work with down there that aren't twenty two to twenty four hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Because you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's like New York City price. I understand, yeah. and that, but look, these guys, especially some of the bigger companies. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, guys like Frank Duras. You know, he's bigger around here. He's not yeah, yeah, national, sure. but he's bigger around here. He's, you know, these guys do market studies. Mm. You know, when we see all these hotels popping up on North in North Utica on Genesee Street, I don't like them either. Yeah. I understand, but the fact is, they are filled. Yeah. They are filled with God only knows who. Now, as I've you know been at these meetings and met with people like Andy Patel, who's an amazing investor in the city of Utica, just redone yeah. and re- is redoing Hotel Utica. He's the guy that kind of owns most of those ones over by the Delmonico's area. Mm, sure. And I asked him directly, and I you know thank God I got an opportunity to do this. But this guy, I think, and I think every citizen should try to you know just come to these meetings. You know, yeah. ask questions you don't think people would normally answer. Because I can tell you right now, I'll answer them. Yeah. Um, you talk to Andy, you go, you go Andy, what, you know, where are you filling these places? I see that they're filled. Where are you filling them with? He said, Joe, there is a, a large market of doctors that come to the area, yeah. and they have to stay for a couple weeks at a time, and that's where they, they want to stay at somewhere like an extended stay or you know, a Holiday Inn Express because they're big national names. And yeah, yeah. When you Google you know, hotel in Utica, those are the places you see. So there is a, a market for, I wouldn't call it tourism, but you know, at least research in yeah. the area. That not too many people know about, yeah. and that's why when you know when people come up to me and go, Joe, why another hotel? I understand. I agree. I don't. I don't get it either. But when you ask the question, you will, and that's what it is. So um, those kind of things, which is again, it kind of that comes back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we attracting with in the hospital? Yeah. When you know that these hotels are filled with a lot of doctors, imagine that if a new hospital brings some research over there, that kind of thing, it could help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it could help uh, you know fill other areas. So again. We're learning. We're learning, and uh, and and that's the kind of thing that you you hope for. Markets and uh, market studies. As we've mentioned uh, early on the podcast, you are a very outspoken gentleman. You like to tell the truth. You don't like to pitch people. Um, because you are, maybe a, I should. Maybe, maybe you I, should more. Right? Maybe I should mince my words a little bit more. I well, I guess what my question is in trouble sometimes. Well, that's kind of what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. It is a small government. Like you do rub up against the same people all the time. Yeah. Have you felt like it's been? In any way detrimental how honest you are sometimes with people? Sure. I mean, look, you know, again, uh, w- uh, one guy that when I first got involved in this, it was Mike Arcuri, in fact. He gave mm-hmm. me some good advice. He said, you don't make a lot of friends in politics, but you sure. certainly make some enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that's, look, it, it comes with the territory. You're either going to do what you, fo- you feel mm-hmm. is right or not do anything at all. You might as well get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, sure, look, I, I'm, I'm outspoken about this current mayor. Yeah. I understand how popular he is, and I, you know the appearance of that. Yeah. Problem is, when I go and what I see is different than what the newspaper reports and what what people see. Mm-hmm. So, I will tell people my truth. Yeah. And it, like I said to you in the beginning, this this holds true to me every single time. 
if people hear my truth and vote no for me in the future, mm -hmm. I go away at least knowing that they voted no for me. Or yes, and mm -hmm. I could be honest with you, it's worked out well so far. Yeah, I've gotten you know eighty three percent of this uh, to the of the vote last year. I, I got eighty two, I think, the year prior. Um, you know, my first year was two to one. Uh, so. People, I think, appreciate honesty, but yeah, sure, it gets also, it gets uncomfortable I sometimes. Think, I think two people can smell a bullshitter around here, right? And I think the more you're not going to yeah, fool Uticans. It's hard to fool, uh, yeah. especially you know, especially Uticans who are already somewhat leery of politicians because of the last power many. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's hard to to get up there and try and sell people something. Uh, and that's why I think, to a certain extent, and Rob's been on the show, Rob Palmieri, Mayor Palmieri's been on the show yeah. before, he is an engaging guy to talk to. I understand why people like talking to yeah, him. Yeah, very... As do yeah. I. And I, I'll tell you this, yeah. just just for the record. I don't know Rob Palmieri. I know Mayor Palmieri. Exactly. I've not met... I, I don't... I've met the guy when he was first running. I, yeah. I only know his, his uh, you know, governing. Yeah. And that, you know, I agree with certain yeah. things and I help him push it forward. And I disagree with certain things, and I have no problem saying it. If it, you know, unfortunately, I feel like it bothers him more than most. Mm -hmm. He's got pretty th thin skin, and this is just my yeah. opinion. But uh, you know, again, I've been, you know, I've been hit on things that I've said that, and I, I take it professionally. Mm -hmm. You know, if people have a differing opinion of mine, you know, I'm always willing to talk. I've talked endlessly with people that you know didn't agree with certain things that I've said. That's fine and fair, but uh, it's worked out well so far because you're right. You can't bullshit a Utican. Joe, I've, I've kept you on for a very long time. No uh, problem. I don't, uh, and that's always fine with me. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, it. If you don't mind, before I let you go, I know you, I have to let you go in a couple minutes, but no I have problem. a couple quick lightning round questions. We didn't, we did lightning round questions last time you were here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I have some new ones here for you. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Uh, so, uh, if you had, first off. I'm not going to lose my trophy, am I? No, you take it with you. It's all right, that's yours. No matter what. That's yours no matter what. Some people forget to take them with them, and they oh, get re no. and they get repurposed back into the pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so. What is the first piece of media you consume in the morning? Uh, the Observer Dispatch. Really? OD.com. Nice. Yeah, OD.com. Mm. Uh, and then Facebook's a close second. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I just lost my good friend Carrie Bostick. She left the OD last week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Very sad. Yeah. She's loving it out in Nantucket, though. I just talked to her last week. She's doing great. They got great reporters up oh, there. Yeah. Uh, if you had total autonomy, mm -hmm. which game show, past, present, or future, do you feel like you would have been the most successful on? Oh, man. I loved Twenty Thousand Dollar Pyramid. The Pyramid, wow! Yeah, I loved the Pyramid. Heck that yeah, a, that was a good show. Uh, and uh, I, I forget what it's called, but my family used to call it Whammy. Uh, oh, no, uh, whammy, no Whammy. I know what you're talking about the No Whammy. Uh, uh, oh oh God, it's gonna annoy me. I'm sorry. sorry you know, you know, because you're right. But because I love that show growing people up. People only know it, yeah. as the Whammy show. Right. No one knows what the actual name of the show is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no yeah, one knows. Whammy. whammy. If you yeah. ask my wife that question, she would unequivocally say Jeopardy. I'm a wealth of useless knowledge. Uh, I know things that most people shouldn't know about the most yeah. ridiculous topics. Jeopardy's, I'll watch Jeopardy with people sometimes, and they'll be like, "Why? Why do you know this?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Yeah. Not a clue. Yeah, 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 no yeah, 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 yeah." All right, so you are in the world's nicest grocery store, uh, and they have all the cereals. What's the number one cereal you're going to get? What's your number one breakfast today cereal? or when I was today? A kid? Today it's Honey Nut Cheerios. I know that's oh, boring. No, it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm an apple yeah. cinnamon Cheerios man, but I, I understand yeah, the yeah, joy yeah. of a Honey Nut Cheerio. Yeah, sure. What was your uh, kid's cereal? My kid cereal was, I mean, it wasn't even a question. Lucky Charms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's how you, that's one of those signs that you've turned into an adult. When you eat a bowl of Lucky Charms and you're like, I don't think I can finish this. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something, and it's 100% accurate. Because my kids, I, they love Lucky Charms. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting there with my uh, you know, my mm -hmm. thoughts and watching a Yankee game the other night. Let me pour myself a you bowl like of Lucky Charms. By the way? 
You like in this Yankees I'm excited team? about this team. Really I'm excited. I didn't mean to get you team. off track of this. No, I'm excited. <laughs> but yeah, I cannot eat a full bowl. I think that they did something different because yeah. when I was a kid, they weren't as sweet as they yeah. are now. No, now they're a little too sweet. Uh, what's the one book you've recommended the most over the years to other people? Yeah, there's a book called One L. Um, it's about a Harvard Law student who kind of started out a little later in life. Mm-hmm. That I don't know too many people. You know, the John Grisham age of tele- uh, movies mm-hmm. kind of came about at one. But uh, there's a book called One L, and uh, it's really, really great. It's, this guy always wanted to be a lawyer, mm. got a little, you know, long in the tooth, let's say, mm. um, late 20s mm. for a 1L. 1L means uh, first-year law student in oh, Harvard. Okay. Interesting. And I think any school is 1L, but, mm. uh, and, and this guy was in Harvard. He had kids, uh, you know, he was trying to make everything work, and I kind of I appreciate that book more and more as I get older. I read it before I had kids, and now I do uh, have them, and... Mm. You can appreciate, you know, the balance of your life mm-hmm. from that book. There's a lot more than the book. I guess would give you advice as to how to be in law law school, but sure. there was more about how to balance your life than anything. And at, at any age, can you do it? So uh, that was a pretty cool book. Uh, so I'm going to give you a scenario. You are, uh, let's just say, you are running for president, mm-hmm. and you are uh, getting ready to launch your campaign. You need to pick a campaign theme that represents you. Uh, going forward, what theme song would you choose to represent oh, Joe man. Marino? Jesus, you said it's lightning round. I'm trying to think of answers <laughs> quick. What, what song? Um, yeah, so I march out on stage. There's a song playing. I, I'm thinking of you know Bill yeah, Clinton yeah. song, and you know, uh, man, it's gonna be so cliche if I say my way. So I'm not gonna say my That's way by Frank okay. Sinatra. Um, I'm a Coldplay guy. Really? Um, yeah. I'm gonna say, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of a Coldplay song. I can. Th- I got a couple. Maybe, I actually, maybe the Scientist by Coldplay. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I don't know if ever. I, yeah. I have a lot of tattoos. One of my tattoos yeah. is a tattoo of the Otto the Orangeman, and he has uh, the symbol oh, cool. that says "Don't Panic" over the top. Don't Panic is a Coldplay song that yeah, I really yeah. liked actually. Now yeah. I didn't put "Don't Panic" because it's a Coldplay song, but a lot of people assume that that's what that is. Yeah, yeah. And I've just it. sort of gone with it. Yeah, go with it. Besides, and again, thank you for spending so much time with yeah, us. Yeah, my uh, pleasure, really, always. Uh, besides the city of Utica, besides giving back to the community, besides uh, your family and your wife and kids, uh, and besides enjoying the beautiful uh, scenery here in Utica, New York, give me one more thing that you, Fourth Ward Councilman Joe Marino, are passionate about. Yeah, we just kind of touched on it briefly. The Yankees oh, is, a, is a big deal to me. Um, it's a big deal with my kids and I. It, mm. Every walk of my life is... Uh, you know, my Yankees are uh, my my one kind of hobby. You know, as it were, baseball is is a big thing for me. I'm also a coach of the Utica Hurricanes travel nice. baseball team. Nice. So, uh, so I love to sit down with with kids, and I'm a huge. I mean, in your podcast, listeners are going to know this, especially if they heard the first and this. Yeah. I got a big mouth. I talk endlessly. <laughs> I talk a lot. So, I like to teach things, and I know about baseball, and yeah. um, so uh, yeah, the Yankees are my thing. Did uh, I always think about this? I'm I'm 31, so I remember coming into baseball in 1995. I oh, to, you're lucky. Well, <laughs> I went into a party at my uncle's house. My yeah. uncle John and my dad, my uncle, and everyone, my cousins were watching the ALDS between the Yankees and the Mariners, Game Five when the Mariners won on the Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, 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 that was tough. And I remember watching all these like. Men in my family, these <laughs> strong, like, virile men, just losing their mind in right. anger. Yeah. And I was just like, I need to be a part of whatever this is. Yeah. Right? 
And the yeah. next year uh, was Jeter's rookie year. So from 96 through when Jeter retired... Yeah, you got to forget about that ALDS. Yeah, really I forgot about quickly, it really quickly. Really quickly, uh, yeah. But I gotta be honest, now that Jeter has retired, mm-hmm. I feel... It's not that I don't love the Yankees still. You feel like it's not your Yankees I, anymore. I don't feel like it's the generation yeah. that I cared about as much anymore. Yeah, sure. no, yeah. and that's look at, and that's what that's what's good about sports mm. teams. That's what's mm. very difficult about yeah. college teams, because I don't know, I don't care who we are. Anybody, yeah. Those guys are staying one year half the time now, yeah. but you know you can only like a team for four years max before mm. you got a new guy. Um, but that's what's good about sports. You know, you kind of get to re fall in love with them. Because I'll tell you right now, the last two years, two or three years even, um, I didn't know that team. You know, I wasn't really invested in it. I wasn't sitting down yeah. watching games. I'm watching games again because of these yeah. young kids. And it happens every time. It's it's never ending. You put youth and energy, and you would know this more than anyone, Sam. You and your you know mm. colleagues on Made in Utica and the Uticast. Your youth and energy give everyone a reason to be optimistic. Mm. It's not people like me. It's not people like Anthony Brindisi. Mm. It's people like you that drive this city. It's people like us that should help, like you mm. said. You know, help with the, you know, get. You don't know how to call National Grid and have someone turn the lights up. I do. My job is to do that quietly, go enjoy Back to the Future, you know, in the coming days. Joe, that's very... That's it. Those are very nice words, and I appreciate you saying them. But I'm going to counter that by saying it's good for people like us and the youth, if you want to call us all. I don't feel like the youth anymore. No. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, It's good for... It's nice for us to know that uh, the people like you and Brindisi are out there supporting the things we believe in in a local battle and helping fight for the things we care about. So I need to thank you uh, for not only taking your time but being a great representative for the city. Uh, Thank you so much for everything, Joe. It's been a real, real honor to have you on episode 100. I accept that compliment. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I am honored again to be on episode 100. And congratulations. I can't wait to be on episode 200. And anytime in between. I'll try and get you. And wherever you want to come on, you're always welcome. You guys are great. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Uh, you know, it was funny when uh, 
when I was walking Heather out the door. I said, I waved goodbye to her on the end of her birthday. And it was crazy that you just came up and bullied her off the street with your muscles. It's... I told her, that's it. Get the hell out. <laughs> it's insane that you just happened to be out on the street uh, when it was episode 100 wearing yep. all your Mets gear uh, bullying Heather. I think that was a good move. It was a power move. Well, I figured she's she's like, you know, skinny, so I could take her. <laughs> Aaron Higgins, it's I'm very happy to have you back. It's nice to see you. I know. <laughs> Did you see our lovely picture? We made the OD this week. We made it in the scene it. Uh, first off, do you, that was the funniest moment of the whole day. Oh. Because we were supposed to be taking these pictures for scene it, and the guy's like, just act like you're laughing. I was like, first off, bro, <laughs> I can't afford to take a bad picture. I'm 32 and single. And then he puts his hand out, and he's like, I'm Alex. And he like shook my hand. And I was like, ooh. Shout that to, was very smooth, my man. Shout out to GFOP Alex Cooper. Thanks for the follow. Yeah, that was, it was uh, very funny. It was very funny. Uh, so I'm trying to think. I don't remember the last... Do you remember the last episode you were on? What number it was? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it was... It, <laughs> nope, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Well, first off, how have you been? You know, I am alive. I'm uh, surviving and thriving. So things are going well. That's good. How are you? As if I haven't seen you in all of one day. Well, to be fair, I've seen a lot more of you lately, but we have not seen each other a lot before that. Yeah, well, you know, life. Well, life, life finds a way. <laughs> what about you, Sally Sullivan? I'm doing good. Good. Life is life is generally finds a way to work out kindly for me. Ooh, very nice. Mm-hmm. For the most part. I like that sweater. Thank you. It's Thank nice you. I'm sweater. just trying to keep up with your sweater. I'm wearing this sweater now for the second time that you've seen me in a row. It's true. The second time I complimented it as well. It's a great sweatshirt. I wanted to wear it today on my field trip. Now, that's right, you went on a field trip today, and you're wearing all of this Mets gear because your field trip was to the... Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Uh... Me and my fifth grade class and the other fifth grade classes went hmm. to the Baseball Hall of Fame where I proudly pointed out every Mets thing I saw all day. Which took about three minutes. Because Give it's really three... Wait a minute, and one of them was a really negative Mets thing. <laughs> and I was like, that was... Oh, wait, that's not us. Keep going. What was it? It was the only, uh, the most recent uh, triple play... Uh, executed by one man. Ah, uh, the unassisted triple play. The unassisted triple mm-hmm. play. It was against the Mets, so... I remember that. Yes, it was a good time. It was the Phillies or the Reds or somebody mm. with a red thing. And I just sort of wandered past the... I was like, look, we're on this TV. Don't look, we're not on this TV. Keep walking. <laughs> Everybody keep walking. Uh, so, I don't have overrated or underrated. I didn't come up with any for this week. That was a traditional thing we did. We'll just... How about the Baseball Hall of Fame? Overrated or underrated? What are your thoughts? Uh, I feel like the Baseball Hall of Fame is probably underrated. You can go even if you don't love baseball. It's cool. If you like to see old stuff, go. Mm-hmm. Old There's stuff's cool. So, Cooper sounds really nice. Yeah, Cooper yeah, sounds beautiful. Town is great. I, I say underrated. There was a lot of stuff in there I had never seen before. They have uh, so many floors. One of them is dedicated just to art of, like, art based mm-hmm. on baseball. And there was, yeah, yeah, the art room. Yeah, the art room. <laughs> like, beautiful Andy Warhol <laughs> yeah. of Tom Seaver and, like, just really cool stuff in there that I never even knew Tom was there. Seaver. Yeah, Tom Seaver. <laughs> He was a schmet for a while. Um, I would say that when I was a kid, I thought it was overrated because we were so close to Cooperstown that I probably went like every other year or so. And after a while, I was like, oh, here come the plaques again. Oh, Honus Wagner. But like, but now that I don't go very often, I think it's very, it's very interesting. There are 21 Honus Wagner baseball cards in existence. That is something I learned today. It's true. It's the rarest card in the world. Somebody recently found seven of them in their grandmother's attic. So they went from 14 to 21, and the value dipped 
remarkably. I believe it. Wayne Gretzky owns a Honus Wagner baseball card that he bought for like three and a half million dollars. I feel like I read that in Sports Illustrated for mm-hmm. kids when I was like a little kid. Yep, I learned that today. These are all things I learned today that I didn't know. Huh. See? <laughs> you learn a lot of things at the Baseball Hall of Fame. You learn a lot of stuff. Jose Reyes has a wine. I learned that too. <laughs> I'm not going to drink it because oh, that no. makes me nervous because... Speaking of learning a lot of things, I don't think you ever did. Uh, do you ever do history lessons? Were I doing that? Was I doing those with you? Oh, when you Sam were on the does show? these history lessons now. He'll start every last segment and read history lessons about what happened in this day a long time ago, and they're hmm. it's well, well, well. Yes, torture. Yes, <laughs> but he See, likes I, it a lot. I am super psyched that you're going to do that. All right, cool. On this day in 18, oh, oh we're doing it now. Yep, <laughs> yep, right now. 1843, uh, 1,000 pioneers set off for the first time from Independence, Missouri, toward Oregon on the Great Emigration, uh, going out on the Oregon Trail. Yo, that's actually amazing. <laughs> it is kind of amazing. <laughs> Do you have a statistic in there about how many of them died uh, of dysentery? Because Lord knows I did on that game about a three times <laughs> every five times I played it. Uh, I do have one stat. Uh, it is a 2,000-mile trip, or, uh, roughly, from Independence, Missouri to Oregon. Uh, it took about five months to go 2,000 miles, which works out uh, very, very poorly, approximately to about 13 miles a day is what they were going, distance-wise. Well, covered wagons. It didn't take, you know. That's you weren't busting out speed limits there. Covered kid. wagon seems like a rough way to travel. <laughs> seems yeah, like I know, a right? real rough way to travel. A lot of walking, because there wasn't a lot of room in the covered wagons. You had to put all your stuff. As a fifth grade educator, we do the uh, we used to do the Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge unit, and like, everybody loved it. And yeah. we don't do it anymore. Um, but I know a remarkable amount about the Oregon Trail. Mm. See, yeah. she likes history lessons. This is good. I should have had a teacher Listen, on here all the time. Well, yeah, no, I'm not going to pretend like that's cool. <laughs> okay, never mind then. All right, I just thought it was really cool. Now when it I was the Oregon Trail. Now I'm like, well, what are the other days about? Tomorrow, in, in this day in history, was the second day of the, the Oregon, Oregon Trail. Trail. <laughs> yes, <it's true. laughs> on this date, 1859, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was born, the man who uh, wrote the Sherlock Holmes books. I thought he invented the sandwich. <laughs> so the, yeah, the Doyle sandwich? No, I don't know. I don't know. know. I'm making that up. I have no clue. <laughs> uh, so by 1891, uh, Sherlock Holmes was so popular that uh, Conan Doyle was tired of writing him. So he wrote uh, The Final Problem, which uh, in which Sherlock Holmes was killed. Uh, he was then uh, immediately brought back uh, because of demand by the fans. So uh, he couldn't get away from Sherlock Holmes. Kind of reminds me of Misery, right? Remember Misery? I do. Yeah, kind of James Conn? Like James Conn. Yeah, Kathy Bates. I don't know. I never read any Sherlock Holmes. Do you read Sherlock Holmes? Not really. Nope. Yeah. All right. Did you ever watch the show with Benedict Cumberbatch? No. Nope. The ladies like him. He's very handsome. I don't think he's handsome at all. He oh. reminds me of the... He's got a face like a Doberman pincher. I think he's polarizing. I feel like people say people either are hard in one camp or the other. Yeah. Hmm. On this day in 1934, notorious criminals Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrows were shot to death by Texas and Louisiana State Police while driving a stolen car near uh, Sales, Louisiana. Uh, if you were going to go on a crime spree, who would you choose to be your partner? Kevin. Yeah, but I have to go with Higgins. Mm, I guess that's just me myself, huh? <laughs> Walk right into that one, I suppose. Uh, you totally did. <laughs> you just owned it. I mean, come on. You know I'm going to go with Sully. That's true. Uh, this day in 1967, uh, the first episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. There we go. Now we're in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Did you like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Uh, well, I was a big Pee Wee Herman fan. Really? So, yeah, huge Pee Wee Herman fan growing up. Mm. So I found Mr. Rogers to be a little bit of a snooze fest. I was expected yes. for something in his room to talk or for the king of cartoons to show up through a mm. big door that looked like a Pop-Tart, which mm-hmm. never happened. But I find that he was super calming and he had really good life lessons for kids and all that other stuff I'm supposed to say because I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he was groovy. 
I didn't watch a ton of Mr. Rogers when I was a kid, but the more I read about the man and his life, like in the years since he's passed, and like you go back and read about that guy, he's pretty impressive and probably didn't get the credit he deserved no. for being the person he was and doing the things that he did outside of like just the show people know him for. He did this great speech. Uh, he won an award, like a Lifetime Achievement Award, and yeah, that yeah. speech that he mm-hmm. gave was, was one of the most uh, really profound and well done speeches it just mm. talks about you know loving who you are and loving yeah. the people around mm. you for who they are and in your neighborhood technically mm. neighborhood. Yeah. Mr. Rogers good for him yeah he was a groovy cat on this day in 2004 uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 directed by Michael Moore became the first documentary to win the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival did you guys ever watch Fahrenheit 9-11 or any Michael Moore stuff yeah time and place I feel like with him a little bit a little bit I watched Bowling for Columbine but like meh <clears throat> yeah I don't know. I think at a different that was an era when that kind of thing seemed much more intriguing. I feel like a lot of people are sort of I talking that, about the same things. Well, now. I think that you know we we Bowling for Columbine back in the day was a very new thing. Like you said, mm-hmm. it was a really new thing. Fahrenheit nine eleven mm-hmm. was in that age where things were a little bit less uh, like secretive or quiet. You know, and and with the with the uh, onslaught of, of social media. You have those people that discuss those things pretty regularly, yeah. and so think, you can be exposed to that sort of stuff pretty regularly. I also now. think with the the mainstreaming of documentary filmmaking, which he was probably right at the forefront of, sure. you know what I mean? like starting plus, to win awards. A plus. Uh, the voices have become more nuanced, and so his voice may not play as well as it did one time when he was the only voice That's because. Interesting. That's interesting. He he benefits some of his fame by being one of the first guys out there doing it, not necessarily being the best. And not to take away, you know, he raises a lot of interesting questions and does good work. But I think as documentaries become more popular to the point where, you know, they're series and they're out all the time, they win all these awards, I think you're just bound to see people do better jobs. And then when you look back, it doesn't quite hold up the same way. Got any, I agree with that completely. Got any favorite documentaries for the listeners? Anybody? The Imposter. The Imposter. What's that about? Uh, about it's a story of this guy who oh and you haven't seen it yet you gotta see it it's mm, makes your brain says. feel very mushy it's a story of this this uh, family in some midwestern Texasy type place mm. who lost a son to stranger abduction Ooh. which is very rare kid was outside gone he had to be like thirteen at the time too so really old to be abducted blonde haired blue eyed kid uh, they get a phone call from Spain uh, a couple years later. And they say, we found your son. And it's all about the guy who pretended to be their son. And it's told from his point of view. So he sits down in front of the camera and he's like, yep, I did all this stuff. And the way that you see it play out, he came to America, he lived with his family. They wanted him to be the son so badly mm. that they just let him come in. He was like a 35-year-old mm. man from France. Interesting. Who looked completely different. And this family was so thrilled to have their kid back. It's so... You watch it and you're like, all right, I know what I'm getting myself into. And then as it unfolds, you're like, oh, snap, that's really messed up. Mm. And you find all these little details that you didn't know. It's it's really interesting. And if you kept... Um, I've got... There's a lot. I like a lot of documentaries. Um, I'm a real mark for all the Ken Burns stuff. Yep. I really mm. like the Ken Burns, like just... It's what I remember watching when I was young, like when I first started paying attention to like stuff that wasn't just a movie... Um, and I found The Jinx to be one of the most affecting things I don't think I've ever seen watched it. I on see HBO. It. You really should. It's six parts. It goes pretty quickly. It's uh, it's great. And it was one of the few times like, I really like, put a hand over my mouth like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Well, watching a documentary nonetheless, you know what I mean? Let alone a regular movie. I have so, so many, you guys though. should see it. I love documentaries. They're my favorite. What about you? Uh, I, 
I've talked about it many times. Hiro dreams of sushi. Uh, it's awesome. It's about the world's uh, world's premier sushi chef, and it's just it's fascinating. It's a whole story about dedication and uh, wow. craft. It's 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 really it's wonderful filmmaking, and also top top level food porn. Just really. Excellent. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. I have a list of really messed up documentaries, so when you want to talk about them, you let me know. Send that over. I'd actually like to watch all yeah. of those. Yeah, oh, Every There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane. Have you seen that one yet? That's on my Whoa. watch list. That's wow. on my watch list. I haven't seen it. Is wow. it good? Wow, it, it makes you feel a lot of different ways in a very short period of time. Because you know what happened, and at the same time, you have no clue, and you're left sort of feeling bad and angry and guilty and... Yeah, it's really good. There's one about Golden Gate Bridge uh, suicide jumpers. Ooh. That is so hard for me to watch because you physically watch them jump over the bridge. You mm-hmm. you this, they, they have a, a camera that's on the Golden Gate Bridge, and you physically see the people they're going to discuss going over the bridge. And it's so hard. It's yeah, hard it to watch. Like it. It's hard to watch. But it was a good, good movie. I, I will make a whole list and send them because there's a lot of them that I find that are really interesting. Uh, and last one real quick. I just want to get it out. Last recent history lesson. 2015, uh, Republic of Ireland, first nation to legalize gay marriage in a public referendum. Wow. The Irish, yeah. A historically conservative Irish Catholic people. Progressive move. I love it. You people continue to be welcome. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Half, uh, half of me comes up with that sentiment as well. People continue to be welcome with all of the all that the Irish have given. I'm gonna ask you guys a quick question as we move away from history lessons, and I'm hoping the answer is what I think it is. Did any of you guys watch? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did any of you guys watch the Billboard Music Awards last night? Nope. No. Exactly the answer I was looking for. I did not watch the Billboard Music Awards because I don't know crap about the Billboard Music Awards. I did get a list of some of the winners from some of the top oh, categories. Lay them on me. Do you guys want to know? All right, here we go. Uh, the top. Uh, let's see what we hear. Latin artist. Wait, La- let me guess. <sighs> Gloria Stefan. Gloria Stefan, that's a good pick. It's the only porn, that's the only person I know. Did you know Juan Gabriel? Because that's who won it. Or Gabrielle, I don't know. Juan. Uh, how about the top country artist? What do you guys oh, got? Oh, Faith Hill. Faith Hill, she's a good one. I Kev? That's the first person I can I'm not of. sure. Oh. Blake Shelton. You guys know Blake Shelton? Mm-hmm. I know who that guy is, yeah. yeah. Top R&B I artist. I think I'm out of crowd. Oh, R&B? R&B. Is it Usher? What do they count as R&B Usher. anymore at this point? Boys to Men. Hmm. Tevin Coleman. That's... Was he a person? You're being obtuse. <laughs> what if I said the image was more important than the quality of the music? Uh, I would still... Usher. Boys to Men. <laughs> Tevin <laughs> Coleman. Female artist. Oh, Beyonce. There you go. The oh. Bay! First off, the image is not more important <laughs> hey, because you know that she's like a religion to our people. I know. She's a little bit more of a religion. Do you know that I just bought a framed picture for my new house and it says, Beyonce wasn't built in a day? I did I did not know that. There you go. I'm mm-hmm. letting you know right now. I love the Bay. Mm-hmm. Love her. Good stuff. And I said, like, live, laugh, love, wall cut out. No. You know what? You want to hear a really funny story about that? Um, So I hate that saying so much, live, laugh, love. I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's terrible. And um, my mother hates it, too. My, You know, Cindy, the love of my life, hates it as well. So whenever we see it anywhere, she points at it and she says, die, cry, hate. (laughs) And so, like, that's all that we say now. That's funny because your mom is the sweetest lady. Oh, sweetest woman. And we'll be like, ha ha, die, cry, hate. And we'll, like, laugh about it and keep walking. Uh, who do you think the top rap artist was, guys? Rap artist on the Billboard Music Awards. Lil Wayne. Drake. Drake. Yes, the answer is certainly Drake. I was, I'm always going to vote for Lil Wayne. Hmm. Uh, 
Did we do best rock artist? No, this is a good one. This though. is a good one. Rock? Best rock artist. Is rock still a thing that happens? How do you? What is rock? Not what is billboard. rock? Not at the billboards. Something. Is it, is it Kings of Leon? Some crap they put out this year. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark, Kev. Uh, I couldn't tell you, man. Something called Twenty One Pilots. That's a thing. Oh, I've heard yeah. of that. Is that how? Wait, that's a thing. That's a thing. I don't know of it. It's a thing though. I'm sure there's there's probably a song by them that I know, but that I don't know it's them. Right, like I probably heard it somewhere. Yeah, I would sense. assume so. Uh, and of course, the uh, top new artist is someone called Zayn, who I assume is the wrestler Sami Zayn. Uh, Zayn, how do they spell it? Z a y n. Okay, hold up. That's the guy from One Direction. Ah, uh, I see what's going on here. I'm oh, this fi- is. Wait a minute. I'm a fifth grade teacher. Don't act like I don't know that. I have no clue what he does, but I've seen his photo at least twice, Zane. and I know that he spells it with a y. So that's all I know. Uh, and the top artist, of course, was Drake. Drake. Top artist from what? Like of just top artist. That's it. Top. Wow. Top guy. What a It's the billboard, guys. so it's whoever sells the most. Yeah. You what know you what guys, I mean? Like they're not picking yeah, on value. It's literally just raw numbers. I gotta ask you guys a question about something. Don't we already know those people are winning? Why do we have to give them awards? They're already on the list as numbers, so right? Why do we have to give them? Because listen to all the free podcast coverage they get now. That's true. True. Uh, here's an interesting one though. Top 100 song of the year. It's something called "Closer" by the Chainsmokers featuring Halsey. This is, I feel like, is something I've probably heard. Yeah. Right? Oh, there's yes, you've won. Do you know this you've, one? Yes. No, I don't know it. You've you've both. I've definitely heard it. Yeah. Fifty thousand billion percent heard it. Okay. One hundred fifty thousand. Right. It's. I'm gonna hear it. In, it was yeah. everywhere for Clearly, like we're months. not. We're not. Is there a hook? Is there a hook on it? That's. That's the. It's all. That's all it is. Is a hook. The chain smokers are just like guys who used to be like bro hmm. DJs, and hmm. they got the girl to sing on it, and I think one of the dudes kind of sings. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's all just hook. That sounds hmm. about average. Okay. That sounds very average. Good. Uh, guys, I have some. Uh, I have some listeners who sent us in some questions for us. You guys want to answer some questions? I have nothing but answers for these people. Uh, this question is from our good friend uh, Julia Gleamy. Uh, sorry, Julia Cooper. I got to get used to yeah, saying that. How I dare keep you? saying, I know, Julia and Andy, love you guys. Uh, it just says male rompers? Question <gasps> mark. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Tim Schramm and I uh, were sitting on a bench this weekend at the uh, Franklin Square thing. The Utica made made in Utica passport. Franklin event. Square film series. <laughs> Thank you. All day event. Guys, I struggled with that for like 45 minutes just now. You didn't save me. I it took was me looking. two years to get used to it. I can't. How about, wait, wait a minute. How about we were on the, uh, the I was doing that panel discussion for the Utica day. Yes. And I looked, I was live in front of humans, and I looked at that girl who's doing the dance thing. I was like, so your event is called Dance at the city <laughs> like, I was like I've got nothing uh, she, I was like yo just tell me what it is really quickly and she was like dance with Utica and I'm like oh okay so like dances with wolves but with Utica and she was like no and I'm like people are still staring at me I'm holding a microphone Justin's like well played I'm like alright <laughs> just give him the finger oh it was awful shout out to GFOP Christina D'Amico so so mortified I felt awful because she looked at me like you jerk I'm like I'm really sorry I'm not looking right at the thing all right. Um, Male rompers. The stomp round for the bros. <laughs> Shram and I were having a real in-depth conversation about how do you pee in the man's stomp romp. Because, as you know, the female stomp romp is a whole take off everything in the bathroom and then you're standing in your underpants move. Uh, so we had a pretty serious talk about it. My vote it's is... very easy. I don't understand. Yeah, you guys have it a lot easier than very we easy. do. Shram was talking about how you pull a leg over. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, I say I don't understand why you people want to look like infants. Can I tell you the truth? I'm glad you had a take on this because I've heard a lot of people talking about the male rompers, but this seems like a myth. I don't... Do you see what's happened? Do you know what happened? Do you know why this is a thing? No, why is it Cam Newton? 
Is it no. the Cam Newton thing? Because no, he had people, one on the other day. People have done it. There have been um, times through history that men have worn rompers. They've been very popular for females Like recently. Saturday Night Fever? Uh, like Sean Connery and James Bond would wear it like poolside. Oh, yeah! Part of his look, something like that. But what this is, is these guys went viral. They were trying to raise money to make this happen. Whether they meant it or not, they had to go fund me. And it went viral. The websites picked it up because it's hilarious content, as you can see it being talked about everywhere. It's hysterical. And so then people started making so many like jokes and memes about it that everybody started donating. These guys have raised like eight times their goal that they had. Oh, now we gotta actually deal but with it. But I don't th- I don't think it's a thing that was ever supposed to be serious. It's like memed itself into existence. That's the beauty of the internet. <laughs> I guess. That's why we're running out of like actual things. You know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no though. No rompers. No. You're rompers. not gonna throw down with a stomp so. romp. I don't think so. I think it's such I, a I, weird look. Cam Newton had one say. on, and he looked like a gigantic baby, and it was the weirdest thing <laughs> I don't, I've ever seen. Gigantic athletic baby. Yeah, he was just wandering around like as if he had like soiled his diaper. It was awful. You're very uh, stylish, man, Kev. For the most part. Sure. I don't think there are many looks. Fashion-wise, that you should try less than the male romper. Yeah, I'm just going to say out there for right now, I don't necessarily think it's meant for a man of your stature. I'm not, I'm not an unaware person. Like, <laughs> the romper is not with, like, extra like a baby. Thought <laughs> 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 so they'd, like, shave the beard, just be clean shaved, like, yeah, this is the look. Yep, I'm a baby. I'm, I'm a move out. I'm just a big, giant baby. baby. I would quit the podcast. Well, I'm going romper shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this one comes in from uh, Maria. Listener Maria writes, uh, a lot of my students uh, keep telling me they want to be YouTube celebrities as a profession. Is this uh, a real job? You know, um, I'll be honest. I heard, I hear a lot. I hear this a lot. Yeah, this is a new thing. In my classroom, I hear it a lot. My kids love YouTube people. I, I, I mean, I have no clue what a YouTube celebrity is. I have no, I mean, I, I don't. I really don't. I've never watched an independent YouTube channel. I go on it to pick up videos mainly for school, like pieces of a, of a documentary or whatever. But I think that it's bizarre. It's a real thing, though, right? Like people are making money. 100%. Oh, yeah. And we don't know who they are. 100%. Oh, yeah. There's there's some some who... girl who does it, and she's wildly successful. I couldn't tell you anything about her. but There's a lot of people on the edge. There's some names that sort of ring a bell with some of the people, but we watch it. I mean, we consume a fair amount of content on YouTube. I it's watch true. YouTube. Like, I'll make a playlist of something, like, different yeah. videos or shorts or longer play stuff. Like, Vice is great for that. Yeah. Vice always has great content. Yeah. So, like, I understand watching YouTube as TV, but following somebody's personal channel as they do things... It seems foreign to me, but the mm. people who do, if you can rack up enough views that you can sell ad space, mm. you make money off ads. There's people who make, a, if not a million, damn near a million dollars a year on YouTube. I think there's people who make more just by having that following and giving eyeballs for advertisers. Should we start a celebrity YouTube channel? Immediately. I. <laughs> we need to have content, though. We Do need... we, though? Because these people don't seem to have a lot of stuff going on. People have content. You, you know build what? up content. Wait, let me take this back a step. I watched a show once on, like, Discovery about this girl who was really into making herself look like a Japanese doll of some sort. Yeah, yeah. And she was, like, maybe 13, and she had a YouTube channel, and people, like, absolutely loved her. Hmm. For what? I'm not 100% sure. What she does once she puts on her face of makeup and says, like, hello. Like I don't, I don't know clue what happens there, but the thing, the thing that's got to creep you out with that too, with like this thirteen-year-old girl, dude. Like, yep. how many of those followers on YouTube? Sixty-year-old men. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's fair. That's every so every character of every scary person you've been told lurks behind the other side of the keyboard on the computer. Found them. You know what I mean? Like Sam, we could dress you up like a doll, and you could go onto the internet, and you could be a celebrity on the YouTube. 
If I were going to go onto YouTube... It's the, called The it, YouTube, by the way. The YouTube's way. on the interweb? Not sure if Yeah, if I was going to go on the YouTubes, I feel like my, my... I would have to really lean into my video game Godzilla niche nerd nonsense. I'd have to make all sorts of video game or I feel like that market is heavily things. saturated. I feel like if heavily you want to get over, you got to get something what, new. Though, I have <laughs> charisma. A lot of these guys are duds. Nerdlingers. They got no yeah, voice. But, they yeah, got but no, here's the thing, though. No if, if you have a nerd channel, nerds are not going to like you. They're going to be like the nerd outsider. You're going to be like the buff, hot nerd... Um, Who doesn't like me? I got nothing but friends. I got, <laughs> I got nothing but friends. Yeah, but, but here's the thing: like in nerd world, you're like a nerd competitor. Nerd no, competitor. you're like a nerd. Like I don't know. Like you're uh, whatever. I don't care anymore. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, this one comes in from our uh, our longtime writer, longtime listener, cousin Joe. Hey, Joe. Uh, Bill Cosby trial starting today. Uh, is there a celebrity who's had a bigger fall from grace than Bill Cosby? I came. I tried to come up with a couple different ones today. Phil. Lack, Phil. Specter. Specter. Phil Specter. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, All I remember is the hair. Phil Specter <laughs> and the hair. Uh, I there's a couple names that popped up. Oh, I got a handful. Oge. All right, go who? Oh, Oge. Yeah, I was gonna say OJ for sure. OJ's number one on the thing. The juice. But has was he to be ever number... as widely loved as Bill Cosby? Before yes. our time. In football time. Yes. I OJ suppose. was a beloved, was beloved movies, figure. TV? He yeah. was everywhere. Saturated the market. Bill Cosby was a household name for like almost fifty years. I think Cosby years. has the longevity. That's um, what I mean. And like I no, think Michael he, Jackson. Oh, my, remember Michael Jackson's child thing? That's true. That was nuts. That was crazy. He got in the car and he were like, released a dove and some craziness. <laughs> we're not releasing oh, enough doves. So <laughs> That's my new thing. Whenever I enter a room, someone's got to let a dove go. I feel like... In uh, the house, by the way, so it just flies around and acts all bananas. From a sports angle, I feel like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, not for a long time, but like that was like... That was a It captured deal. the... The pulse of the nation for like a year, a year and a half, and then within a few years they were like reviled. What about, what about Tiger? Tiger and Tiger Bonds was a good, as well. Oh, I think this whole the recent A Rod thing was was pretty good. And I'm still on that baseball high from today, but I think, like you said, the McGuire and in a in the Hall of Fame. In case you were wondering, there's a case, and it has a, a like PED use case, and it shows it's McGuire's jersey, Sosa, A Rod. It's a couple of them. It's really interesting. I gotta think of some more. Wait, hold on. What about that guy that killed his wife? F- Dur- F- Bill Dur- The guy from Beretta? Yep. What's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name now. What about the director who is, uh, who's, um... Roman Polanski? Roman Polanski. That was a good one, too. <laughs> you just like talking about Roman Polanski, I, I think. love... Well, he was, he was the husband of Sharon Tate. Yes. Who was in the Manson murders. Yeah, Walken was there. A victim of the Manson murders. It's a dark, we've got a dark streak when we talk about stuff like this. You know how I dig the dark side. <laughs> uh, this is a question just for me, for you. Donald Trump is a good one. He was a beloved figure for years, and now President I don't think anybody more actually beloved him. I didn't. I think, he was, I think he's the funniest thing that's happened to America since Donald Trump. I wouldn't go funniest, necessarily. Oh, hot mess status 101. <laughs> There's like, comedy to be found out there. There is comedy to be found, my darling. Because if you can't laugh at it. <laughs> what are you doing? You're just sitting in a corner rocking yourself back and forth crying. Uh, and I have one last... Uh, oh, come on. We got more. I have one... No, we got more? All right, well, I got one for you, because I, I was going to ask this one. I was going to try and find a way to fit this in. You are decked in full Mets regalia. I don't know what you're talking about, but yes, I am. Mets hat, Mets shirt, Mets wristband. You came from the Hall of Fame. I did um, not wear my Mets boat shoes, no, but I, I own them. Nor did I bring my Mets purse, because it's a Dooney and Burke, and I was on a bus with children. Smart. Um, so let me ask you this question. Uh, if you could only have one, are you taking the Mets? 
but you take the New York Giants. These are your two beloved sports right. franchise. First off, here's the thing. So, I'm going to take the Mets, obviously. Really? Yeah. Over yeah. the Giants? Yeah, every day yeah. of the week. I have uh, a great friend who works for the Giants organization, so I have to give credit where credit is Certainly. due. Um, I love my New York Giants. I love Eli Manning. But which is insane. To I love him. Which is insane. If you watch the new season of Kimmy Schmidt, they talk about how they killed him off a couple years ago, and they're just making clones, and they're dumber and dumber as the years go on. <laughs> it's like Toyoga, like he's trying to do all this stuff, and he can't do it right, and it's adorable. But um, there's this rogue clones of him walking through the city in the helmet, like ugh, ugh, you know. But uh, it's really good. It's per- It's so funny. You have to watch. It's a great episode. Uh, but I have to take the Mets every day of the week, every single time. Uh, I am a die-hard, hardcore, baseball is my thing, the Mets are my team. Mm. And I love them no matter what mistakes they make, no matter how long Terry Collins is that crap manager that he is. He's not crap, I'm just mad at him today. And no matter how many wife beaters we have on the team. Oh, that's just baseball. And sports in general, it seems like, though. Yep, I'm going to get a lot of slack for that, but I don't... From who? From, like, Katie. (laughs) From Katie. Uh, (laughs) And Anne, maybe. Kev, uh, you have lots of sports teams, but if you're only taking one, are you taking the Lakers, number one? Is that your number one go-home sports team? No, I'm going to take the Yankees. Take the Yankees. I have to take baseball. Baseball's different, man. Baseball's a life. Baseball's Mm. different. It comes in your blood. If it's not in your blood, you're not... I'm telling you, the beginning of baseball season is like a rebirth for me. I don't need to. I don't even need to watch. I'm just happy it's happening. Me too. Mm. I want to talk about it. My kids watch it. We watch it all the time. I have the major league package. So we put it up in my classroom. We just watch baseball all day. It's great background noise. Your turn. If you had to take a team, would it be that wrestling thing you like or those nerd things you're into? <laughs> or one of those weird soccer or teams. Or like history or some, some soccer team from a town that I'm unaware of. Just want to congratulate the 2016-2017 Liverpool Football Club men for qualifying for this year's Champions League, the highest, the highest class of sports oh. in Europe. Hey, great timing as a good friend of the show. Only yeah, I know. Only Liverpool celebrates fourth place finishes. I know. Justin uh, Parkinson. First off, the Mets will celebrate anything but last place, so I don't want to hear that. You like sports? Hey, Parkinson, come here. You're you're you've been on the show many times. Come on, Justin. This come is totally in. organic. Yeah, it's totally organic. What are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? It's a 101, right? Yeah, yeah. 100. Congratulations on the 101st episode. No, it's 100. I. We, we, he was on episode zero, which doesn't exist, so he feels like this is episode you, 101. Because the math. Yeah. Whoa. I know, math. We, we, hey, we're, is, we're talking we, about sports teams. If you rough. could only take one of your sports teams, only one of them, who's the one that's the closest to you? Michigan. Michigan Wolverines. Right? <laughs> yeah. You pointed football. at a sweater. We're on a radio show. Michigan I know, Wolverines. Right? Michigan football probably is the first team that I like dedicatedly liked, and if they lose in the first right. week of September, my life is ruined for the whole fall. Man. I don't feel that way about any other sports team. Hmm. There you go. So... Good answer. Not the biggest football fan. I just love Michigan football, if that makes sense. Good answer. Give me a couple more minutes. We're almost done. Oh, great. Joy. And then what? Then what are you doing? We're going to watch wrestling. It's Monday night. <laughs> Everyone knows Monday night means wrestling. All right. Not uh, in my book, it does not. It means Monsters Inside Me. <laughs> monsters Inside Me is a horrifying television Monsters program. Inside Me makes me want to become... I love it so <laughs> much. want to peel your skin off? Can no, I? I love it so much. And I? No, you cannot, <laughs> Sam. This is a hundred and potentially one. You're going to watch your mouth, and I'm going to do my thing. I earned it. I was here till episode 50-ish. <laughs> Next 200, count me in. All right, listen, Monsters Inside Me is not a horrible show. As we all know, I have a thing, my other life choice, if I wasn't going to become a, an actual person and have a job, 
if I was going to be a teacher or I was going to be a medical examiner. As we know, I'm just a, I'm just a weird bird. So I now have taken on the idea of maybe I don't want to be a teacher in like my next, like in my third chapter of life. Maybe I'll become like um, an infectious disease specialist <laughs> and go back to school and focus on bugs in your body. Because that stuff is fascinating. I'm like, she had a worm in her eye. How do people not think that's amazing? Um, yep, I, go ahead. That's the team I'm picking, eye worms. I didn't know that Monsters Inside Me was a show. It's a show about I, I just thought you meant that Monday is when it Monsters is when are inside Mon- me. Monday is when I, I stop taking my meds. I just I was like, that's I don't hurry. take my meds and things get Ooh. weird. Med-free Mondays. Med-free Mondays. Med-free Mondays, okay. It's a show about parasitic um, infections. Yes, okay, I get that now. Yeah. I was very confused. I'm going to um, watch it. Okay, good. And... and uh, our last piece of uh, reader mail is from longtime listener uh, Pete Forgets. Thanks a lot, Pete, for being a listener for such a long time. He says, "Hey, what happened to those polls you were doing every Monday?" Uh, Aaron, you weren't here for this, but for a while we'd started. You were doing... swinging on a stripper pole. Yes, polls, live polls. No, we were doing Twitter polls, and the reason I stopped doing them is because I had a hard time coming up with new polls every week. Yo, boo, I'm here for you. You're good for that? You're I am always person? here for the polls. Which Pop-Tart is your favorite Pop-Tart? Mm. The one on the door of Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse or Wildberry? It's Wildberry! I think the one from Pee Wee's is good, though. Wildberry! All right. Uh, I'm going to tie this into something that's very important purple to me. Purple and that blue just... That purple and blue... Sashaying about It, like, rocked my brains because wild berries aren't normally found in such a cool zigzag pattern. More of a s'mores man. The pop First tarts. off, that wasn't even a breakfast food. That was a dessert. Breakfast you, foods and desserts are interchangeable now. No, they're not. They're oh. pretty much the same. Okay, that's technically true. <laughs> come but on, come on. that is true. I do have my main intake of sugar in the morning. So <laughs> Lucky Charms is like three cups of sugar now for one bowl. But um, I do think that Pop-Tarts are starting to become a little weird. That's... Like in our day, they were something really great. And now... They've really gone off the rails. I think I saw like an apple cider vinegar pop the other night. <laughs> they do have a lot of really strange pop Right, it was flavors. like cigarette ash. I was <laughs> like, this is weird. Oreos and Corn Pop-Tarts. Corn beef <laughs> Oreos and Pop-Tarts are competing to come out with the most outrageous variations. Liver and onions. Yeah. Like, Liver and onions. It was weird. Ne- frat House was a Pop-Tart I saw the other day. Oh. It was Next oh. Day Frat House. The whole box yeah. was wet. It was weird. No boxes left. The old car. In there. <laughs> it had like a very strange yeah. smell. <laughs> Salted fish. It so, was sticky. The box was sticky. Bacala. Yeah, salted <laughs> cod. Yeah, we taught the world how to eat. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, last so, after I'm done producing the show, which I'm going to do very quickly this evening, I am going to dive into something I've been waiting, uh, I'd say 26 years for, but realistically it's more Is like it that Freaks and Geeks things I'm looking at right there? No, it is the return of Twin Peaks, which came back this weekend. Oh, oh is a, that Twin Peaks? Uh, well, I'm going to get into that in a second. So, Twin Peaks, one of my favorite shows. I know it's a divisive show. Kev, you don't you don't love it as much as me, I believe. Is no, certainly just... not as much as you. No, you. I mean, you love the show. Like, I like it. It's fine, but I'm not mm-hmm. the way you are with it. Saturday night, uh, I fell coming out of the office building mm-hmm. for Made in Utica. Uh, I was with Sam. Yep. And then immediately after that fall, we talked about Twin Peaks. Yep. I thought that was a good lead-in, right? That's so good. immediately True. after my like whatever, uh, we fell into a Twin Peaks conversation. Mm-hmm. You like how I did that segue? And Segways. I talked a little bit about me and a little bit about the actual content. It's like I'm maturing as a podcast person. It's true. Getting better at finding a way to sneak me into each section. First off, I'm not sure if we've met yet, but that's pretty much how I do everything. <laughs> um, so we had this discussion. I said I, I was still like a whole episode behind mm-hmm. from the last. I didn't finish the second season, but that I was sort of like 
uh, it was like a wet blanket to me after a while. Mm-hmm. Because, and like I said to Sam, I, I, I didn't love it as much because I think it, it with time, yes, Twin Peaks has sort of fallen off as while things like uh, freakier mm. and creepier things rise. The OA with, you know, the 3%, the 8, eight thing, whatever yeah. the 8 number thing was on Pretty Netflix. Pretty much had a show with a number. The stra- yeah, pretty yeah. much. The 411. The 411. 619. The 1984s. That yeah. was a good one. The 1975s. Oh, classic. It was the remake. And, um, uh, you know, Stranger Things. So I, I was sort of watching Twin Peaks like, I don't, I don't, I don't. But Sam, you tell me what you said to me. Tell the people what you said. Uh, Hurry well, up. Be smart. All right, here's my thought, right? Uh, so It's your time to shine, Sam. <laughs> I used this analogy uh, earlier. Uh, I love the video game Fallout, okay? Uh, just bear with me for just a moment, okay? I love the video game Fallout. Fallout has a very... Is that a defi- bomb shelter? It, it, well, <laughs> bear with me. It has a very defined uh, lore and design and the way the game is presented and sense of humor. It's very particular. The game is also fundamentally flawed in a lot of ways. It's not easy to play. Not everyone likes it. Not everyone finds it entertaining. Uh, but the people who like it seem to defend it because they love the particulars and the characteristics and the lore so much. I think that Twin Peaks sort of falls in that same line. I don't. I have a hard time watching a show like Wayward Pines because it's like this show. Oh, is trying Wayward to Pines do... was the one I couldn't think of. Wayward Pines. I have a hard time trying to watch a show like Wayward Pines, which is very clearly doing some homage to Twin Peaks. A uh, very large mm-hmm. homage to Twin Peaks. When I'm thinking to myself, I just want them to continue the lore from Twin Peaks that I care about. This all seems like takeoffs of something that I already love. So for me, I couldn't have been more excited for this. I do get why people aren't as gassed up as me, but why some people are very gassed up. I get it. I really do. But I, I really liked Wayward Pines. It's so good. I should have really liked Twin Peaks. But I, I, my question is, I don't still understand why he couldn't leave. Like, there was a lot of stuff, like, when he first got there... He could leave? Could he not leave? He didn't want to leave. He liked it there. He liked it there. See, I'm still like struggling with the whole concept of what was so weird about it. It just seemed like a murder it's show to me. It's just David Lynch. It's just... It's you... David Lynch, and maybe I'm not that like intellectual, or maybe I'm not that like deep and profound that, that Twin Peaks didn't hit me on a sub-level, but whatever. I think that Twin Peaks... I think that Twin Peaks set the stage for a lot of the prestige television that followed it, at least from a camera perspective. I completely and, agree yeah, with yeah, that. From, so there's a lot of that. But uh, it got me thinking about other shows that have been canceled that we would like to see come back. Uh, my first thought was Mystery Science Theater 3000. They already brought it back. They did that one already too for me. I watched Mystery Science Theater when I was a kid with my dad. Yeah. And it was like the greatest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. I laughed so yeah. hard. We still watched it over here. Same thing. Yeah. I could, sign, I could, crying laughing. Because I could still... I haven't seen the new one. I have the Netflix. It's very funny. But I have not seen the new one and I'm just absolutely itching to get my feet wet. So I'd like to come up with four shows that we could do for canceled shows that were canceled that we'd like to see come back. Okay? Uh, I have a couple that I thought of that I wanted to say. Uh, Did you guys watch Deadwood? Watch some Deadwood. I love Deadwood. I think that was canceled far too early. So I'm gonna. And Freaks and Geeks was the popular opinion that that Parkinson threw at me. I see uh, that seemed to pop up a lot. Did you watch Freaks and Geeks? I did not. All right. I've gone back and seen it. I didn't watch it when it was on, but I've mm. gone back and watched it. It was certainly good. You could never make that show now. All those people are movie yeah. stars. Every single one of them. It's pretty amazing to look at that cast, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I'm going to run through a couple canceled shows that got uh, high critical success. You, you tell me if you heard them, if you like them. If not, we'll move on. All right, keep going. How about Jericho on CBS? Who? Uh, it was, I watched uh, Jericho when it was on. Yeah. Um, I can understand. Jericho is one of those shows. Sometimes you just get a show on network television where like, you could tell if they put it on HBO and spent a little mm-hmm. bit more money on writers, they'd be in a better place. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, there was some show called Pushing Daisies on ABC. You ever heard of this one? Um, no. Nope, never heard of that one either. All right, I'll move on. HBO's Hung. Did you ever watch Hung with Thomas Jane? You know what? I did not. That was a good, that was actually a really under, it was a great show. I, I like Thomas Jane. He was the Punisher. He was the Punisher and he's also in The Mist. You ever see The Mist? Nope. That's a good one too. Uh, that doesn't count. You ever watch Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip on NBC? Came nope. out the same time as 30 Rock, but it didn't last? Nope. Oh, you got nothing. You guys are terrible at this. I like 30 Rock, so. How about Dead Like Me? It was a Showtime show. Nope. Ugh. How about Carnival? Was that on Bravo? That was on HBO. Oh, then nope. How about Veronica Mars? Nope. Didn't she have a movie or something? Didn't she, they? She they, crowdfunded they, they, a movie. Didn't they crowdfund? People missed it. Yeah, my, people missed it so much. I think my mother saw it, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Show on HBO. That was Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Nobody? Wait, wait, wait. Nope. How about Futurama? They brought All right, that yo, back. boo, I loved Futurama. Futurama? They Futurama was amazing. They brought that back? Did they? I have no clue. What Party Down? Yo, Party Down was a great show. Is that a boat show? No, that was Adam Scott. They were the caterers in Hollywood. Got nothing. That's a great show. Uh, but Flight of the Concords. All right, Flight of the Concords, I will vouch for. <laughs> I feel like they did enough. Flight they of did the enough. Con- but here's the thing, though. The show was great, and I think they did enough. The stand-up that was previous exactly. to the show was so much better than anything they could have done mm-hmm. that it al- almost made Flight of the Concords not as good That's as fair. a show. That's fair. That's Keep fair. Nah. Uh, how about Firefly? This seems to be something that people seem oh, to talk about a lot. Oh, nerds seem to eat that up. I don't get it. I don't get it. Never I bet heard you. It. I bet you, though, if we put that in the poll, it will get votes. Maybe. Because I bet you... I've, I saw, like, two dudes yesterday... As a matter of fact, I saw two guys at the Franklin Square Film Festival who had different Firefly-based t-shirts on. So there you go. Wow. That's our, wild. Our, uh, our, our um, market is rough. And, of course, the last one out here was Arrested Development, but that already got remade. I love And they're doing another season. It's crazy to go back, back and watch those first couple seasons I and watched, figure out how they canceled that. I, mm. fig- I watched the first... I just got into it, like, maybe... Uh, the winter oh, over great. the winter mm. and I was obsessed it's so obsessed yeah. and I watched the mm. whole thing straight it's got really high rewatchability too because they say all their jokes so fast so you go back so watch fast. it for the third time and you'll catch different stuff you never caught it's before it's so fast plus um, everybody on that show was so perfect the mother my favorite part of that whole show and I, I will say it over and over again was how excited um, the mother whose name escapes me Jessica right Walter yep uh, was when she saw Jean Parmesan Jean Parmesan, great name. And she, remember that? You remember how excited she never smiled, and like Jean Parmesan would pop up somewhere, and she would ah! like it was my favorite. I <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing. Uh, Do we have any other shows we would think about? I do. Uh, Hannibal on NBC. Ooh. Did it get the Hannibal? Boat? Yeah, they stopped making it. They moved it around to weird time slots. People weren't watching it, and I, I cannot for the life of me figure out why, except for the fact mm. that. I mean, it's about, you know, Hannibal Black Lecter, and it's about, like, serial killers, and they're not shy. I can't believe they put some of the stuff that was on there on network really? TV. But, like, in a really artful way, um, it changed the whole Hannibal Lecter thing from I'm done with Anthony Hopkins. I don't need him. Uh, mm, he's just not as good. And I thought it was really, really good. Well, good, because now you he's would on like it Westworld. A lot, I think you should watch it. I will have to check it out. Now he's on the Westworld, and he's... So good on Westworld. True, the guy in, the so guy on Hannibal is amazing. He's good. some European guy. Yeah, I know the face. I saw a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, but then I don't think I ever caught up with it. He's got a I... crazy name, and I hear talking about. It. I can't think of how to pronounce uh, he it. He was he was had a very very interesting face. Like very, you could tell he was made to play a very, uh, you know, evil, but very subtle character. It was good. Mm-hmm. He was a good choice for that role. Um, do you have anything? 
No, uh, I I said Deadwood. I loved Deadwood. I thought it was. I don't really like westerns, but I found that um, of all the HBO shows that got a lot of prestige, that was the one that I thought was the really highest quality in terms of acting and set design and shooting and soundtrack, and it was really really well made. And I just think because it was in, it was made in an era before Game of Thrones when it was so expensive to make that they couldn't keep making it. Nowadays, you would have kept the show on because the budgets are different now, but. Uh, that show really got shut down mostly because of budget and not because of anything else. And I always thought that was a shame because there was I more to that story. I never saw it. Really, really fascinating show. I like old. I, I don't love westerns, but I liked that presentation of the old west. I Very can't good. think of a single show right now, like off the top of my head. All the shows that I watch are still on. SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh gosh. Monsters Inside Me. <laughs> the Major League Baseball. Hoarding. Hoarding. Hoarders. Hoarders. Yo, first off, they, they got rid of Animal Hoarders. That show animal was hoarders. amazing. <laughs> animal Hoarders. Yeah, yeah. People that hoarded animals. Like, they would have... Uh, okay. Like, think about... You remember the story in the Obelson Apartments of the guy, of the lady who had the 44 chihuahuas? Yes. Literally, it was, like, it was like my... It was ex- exactly the story I'm going to lead in 10 years. It was like looking into my future. And um, then they pulled all the, the animals out. The ASPCA pulled all the animals out, and then two or three weeks later, they went back because the neighbor across the hall had, like, 30-some-odd cats. And so they were just, like, best friends who were animal hoarders. That sort of stuff fascinates me. To find that, the mental strand in there, I think, is super fascinating. And they deleted that show because it was really depressing. And I just giggled my whole way through it. We went, uh, we went 45 minutes, which is ironic, because 45 minutes used to be my cutoff. Remember that? In the first episodes, I wanted to try and keep yes. the show under an hour. 45 minutes. You guys, Dan Nolan has texted me. Dan Nolan? Yeah, he's in the house. Oh. What up, Dan? Hi, Dan Nolan. Uh, he's living back in the area? Was he back in the area before that? I don't know. Well, a Dan Nolan update for episode 100. <laughs> uh, I figured I'd throw it out there. Uh, folks, uh, yeah, 100 episodes. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I don't mean it in a negative way. Like it's it's been it's been both a joy and it's a struggle. But no, it's it's one of the uh, it's given me a lot of meaning and purpose in a certain way. I've enjoyed meeting all these wonderful folks and doing all these interviews uh, and spending time with wonderful people like uh, Heather Wazlewski and Justin Parkinson and of course Kevin Sullivan and Aaron Higgins uh, and of course Mara Avery Drayton and uh, my good I friend. I still don't know who that is. I'm sure it's a. I think it's a mattress company. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Mara she's out in Florida kicking it enjoying the sun uh, and quick shout she out moved her mattress company. she moved her mattress company to Florida uh, and I hear they make Tempur-Pedic and those things are balling <laughs> more of a Casper mattress man myself I don't know I don't care uh, about her and quick shout out to my, my GFOP I don't give uh, a flying crap my long my longtime friend from New York uh, Anthony O'Connell and his podcast Always Been Silly Anthony if it weren't for you uh, I wouldn't have come up with the name Uticast so I appreciate it thanks for that one buddy uh, does anyone you want to thank Sully uh, I find myself genuinely humbled anytime somebody comes up to me and tells me they really like the show and that they listen and that it affects them in any way, shape, or form because I never thought that anybody would ever listen to us just sitting here bullshitting at the dining room table every Monday, but here we you are. You mean the studio, the professional sound studio on which you live? You've been gone for a while. We've kind of given up on that dream. Of, oh, of we're in the dining room. Yeah, it's dining room. <laughs> Pulling the thread, guys. <laughs> oh, way to pull the curtain back, Dr. Oz. You did a nap. I would love a nap. <laughs> or a <laughs> stiff drink. You didn't ask me who I want to thank. Who do you want to thank, Aaron? Well, first and foremost, my lord and savior, Beyonce. Ugh, and then that big head behind Kevin, that Sphinx statue. Oh, yeah, King Tut. He's King out here Tut. all the time. He was buried in his jammies, in case you didn't know. Mm. Did you know that? I did not. Funky Tut <laughs> learned to do the whammy. He was born in Arizona, <laughs> raised in California. Same something. 
King Tut. Wait, hold on. Steve Martin. You're doing Steve Martin right now. You're doing a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, follow Aaron on Twitter. At don't Aaron. follow Aaron on Twitter. I don't want to be your follow friend. Aaron Newshoes. I don't want to be your friend. Don't try. I'm all booked up. The follow. harder she says she doesn't want it, the more she needs it. Go I be don't want to be your Twitter. friend. She needs you. Uh, I just called some girl a mattress company. I clearly don't need friends. Follow uh, Justin Parkinson and the rest of us uh, at the Maiden Utica crew at Maiden Utica. Uh, follow Heather Wazlewski at Heather Waz1. Uh, Kevin Sullivan at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Me at SF Doom. Follow the show at Uticast. Also, Uticast.com. We all are on people, iTunes. All the stuff. Oh, Follow yeah. them all. Tony mm. Robbins. Tony at TonyRobbins.com. <laughs> Uticast.com. At SoundCloud. SpongeBob. S-P-O-N-G-E-B-B. Apple Podcasts. At iTunes. At Manson fans. Manson at Manson underscore fans with a Z. Fans with a Z. Juggalo Army at Underscore jugs, jugs, jugs. We some juggalos on the show. Yo, boo, do we know any juggalos? I'm not anymore. Do we have any juggalo king friends? Secret juggalo kings? Is it the, are the kings of the juggalos? I have not a clue in the world. I just made that up. I think they'll like that. They can run with that. You can sell it to them. What up? Do they have to wear a different colored robe? Oh, no, that's the KKK. Same thing. Whoa. I don't know any juggalos. I'm safe. The king wears a different color robe, though. I think it's like pink. I think they call themselves like dragons or wizards. <laughs> no! <laughs> juggalo <laughs> dragons! <laughs> Hey, if you're a Juggalo Dragon, you want to give us a call at samfamilaro.net. Is that a still an internet thing, the net? Is that still a thing we have? You'll catch a dot net. <laughs> <laughs> what are they, like 86? Like Adelphia? <laughs> Woodstock lives. We'll see you next week. Oh, my God.